podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to episode 411 of Film Bastards. My name is Ian Loring, and we hope you are all well. Joining me, as always, are... Becky Foster, hello everyone. And Matt Foster, hello everybody. Yeah, Becky is back after the um, lads, 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 lads of the <laughs> last episode. Yeah, it was, it was... You left me, you all left me, just on my own. Yeah. Wine. yeah kind of fucked up there didn't we with the old uh with the old timings and the uh the whatnots but never mind watching it to like midnight or something stupid no we didn't it was it was it was late on we started it was kind of late yeah we, <laughs> fu- we fucked up um did you get distracted we, by beer and pizza we got drunk yeah. <laughs> i got i got distracted by falling asleep oh wow <laughs> wow that's how we do. So um, coming up on this week's show, uh, a busy one. We have got uh, the Ryan Reynolds starring not based on a video game, but you'd think it was Free Guy. Um, we have got uh, the sequel. No, I don't think anyone really asked for, but here it is. Don't Breathe 2. Um, and the... G.I. Joe reboot that nobody asked for, but we got it. Well done, Hollywood. Two for two. Snake Eyes. And we have got our patron picked retro review where we are going to be covering the the comic book movie progenitor of like the modern era. But kind of, but maybe not. I don't know. Blade. We're going to be talking about Blade. Um, So, um patrons uh we haven't got a uh bastards get sparkly this week just because we we're essentially this is a bit of a playing catch-up show we um mark and i haven't recorded for nearly two weeks it's been over three weeks since becky was on a show so uh it, it's been a while so uh we need only do- so much vampire misogyny you can you can take really in a short space of time isn't there no you gotta spread that shit out yeah 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 that's that's absolutely fair enough so uh yeah we'll be back with bastards get sparkly soon um but uh yeah patrons get bastards get sparkly they get all sorts of bonus content they get to pick the uh retro review on the show and um yeah uh mark and i have picked our next uh retro reviews up for submission uh bex have you or do you need some time to think now I have, yeah. Okay, cool. So Mark, Mark told me that, that it was a bit too heavy, but fuck it. Well, we'll, we'll see what the patrons go for. So um, my pick is uh, Dario Argento's The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. I haven't seen it for a fucking age and thought it could be a pretty good chat. Uh, Mark, what have you got up? I, I, I've gone for To Live and Die in LA. <laughs> fucking A. A. 80s drenched um, movie uh, with Willem Dafoe uh, as a counterfeiter. It's yeah, damp with it, 80s. It, it, it it's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I have gone for Twin Peaks Firewalk with me. Of course you did. Yes. Because it's my a word. good excuse okay. to get some lynch in my eyes. Fair enough. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so that is the bird with the crystal plumage to live and die in LA and Twin Peaks via walk with me. So uh, poll will go up around the time that this episode goes up, and you'll have uh, you'll have a few days to um, to pick. So yeah, very good. Patreon.com forward slash filmbastards. One thing I will say I'm excited about with Fire Walk with me is it's it'll be the first time we've watched it since we've got our new TV, which doesn't make my hay- brain go fizzy when the strobe lights on screen. So there's one scene in Fire Walk with me in the club, yeah, that I've never seen, which would be really exciting. <laughs> Stop! Stop trying to put your uh, your finger on the vote there, Bex. <laughs> please let me watch Firewalk with me. <laughs> please, please let me watch the bird with the crystal plumage because I want to watch it in 4K. I don't think I've seen that. You have. Oh. Have I? Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> this happens a lot, to be fair. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um. Okay. So, uh, film news. Um. Uh, people are annoyed at Denny Villeneuve because he wants people to see Dune in the cinema. Said that seeing it on the small screen would be like driving a speedboat in a bathtub, I think was the quote, <laughs> which is fucking incredible. Um, yeah, and people were mad about it. This, this is what I don't get about this is. The same people who get mad about this yeah. um, are the same people who will complain that there's no auteurs in cinema anymore. Mm. That cinema is, um, is almost dampened by streaming services. By, you know, there being, we've spoken about before here, and we are, I, I would say, between us, none of us are like against Netflix and their original programming, are we? We're all quite for it. Sure. But there is a Netflixy look to a lot of Netflix movies, mm. like, like they have a style bible um, for it. But then the minute a filmmaker comes out and says, um, I'd really like to see it. with Nolan last year. Yeah. I would like people to go and see my films on the biggest screen they can. And the thing is, it's within the context it's, it's saying it is, it's big streams that they, they can, and they're usually meaning for the first time. Yeah. They don't expect you to, Dallas Villeneuve doesn't expect you to of watched Prisoners at the cinema and then go, I'm never going to watch that again because I can't see it at the cinema. He just wants your you first experience your first it to, it. for it to be on that. Mm. There is a there's a devil's advocate to play with all of this in the sense that the majority of films that you become exposed to uh, are home viewing. Mm. So the majority of your favourite movies, I would say, um, Agony ones that you watched at home first. You might get chance to go and see them at the cinema, uh, but you will have watched them at home first. So I, I absolutely get the idea that it, it isn't necessarily um, better to view a, a film at the cinema, but it, it is a different experience viewing it at the cinema. It is, and the thing is, it's it's the ultimate viewing experience. Like, I... I love Blade Runner. It's my favourite movie. And but given the opportunity to go see it in the cinema, I'll take it every time because mm. it's a completely different experience than watching it at home. It's immersive and it 
it wraps you up in it in a way that it can't at home because it's across the other side of the room and it's on a screen where you can see all the walls around it like it's just not as engrossing uh, not, not engrossing and not as enveloping and the, and the other point is you, you are at a position where if you needed to you you know even like slightly needed to you can pause it mm. and things like that so it does change the rhythm of, of, of movies to an extent but in the same sense my favorite movie of all time is uh, apocalypse now and i've seen it four times at the cinema because anytime i get a chance to see it at the cinema mm. i will go and see it at the cinema yeah 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 it's um <sighs> i get that people are hesitant about doing things but I don't know. You're fucking Danny Villeneuve. You've made Dune to be seen on a fucking big screen. You want people to have the best experience out of it. It's a fair fucking comment. It is, like, yeah. That that's all there is to it. It's it's a fair comment. You know, he's not saying fuck you being scared of COVID. Get out there, you fucking twats. It's just. I, I, there's this there's there's a, there's another thing that's starting to creep in that's starting to um just niggle at me a little bit with with the with with this um in the sense and there was a, there was an idea that um that once the genie was out of the bottle with day and date release that it was going to be impossible to get it back in mm. I, I i don't subscribe to that at all I, I, I can use an example in a second as to why I don't subscribe to it at all. I can, I've got a pretty good example for it. But the other point there is, I do think the window between a cinematic release, so when it releases on its first day, not to when it finishes, but when it releases on its first day, to when it is available for home viewing, needed to be shortened. Because mm. it was too long. Yeah. Um, and so that needed to be shortened. But... Those who are arguing and saying, I don't feel comfortable going to cinema. If you don't feel comfortable going to cinema, that's fine. You don't feel comfortable going to cinema. I'm not going to tell you that you're being silly or anything like that. That is that is completely up to you. Uh, it's a personal choice. There you go. But, but you can't shout at studios and distributors and things like that for not releasing the film for you to watch at home at exactly the same time as the cinema. If you don't want to do that, you don't feel comfortable doing that, then unfortunately you might just have to wait like you always have three months like yeah. like like you always have because because of that and the, the whole day-to-date thing for big movies is going to go mm. it, it it is they never said it was going to be permanent and the example that i'll use to say when people say well you know we've had it now we can't we can't it back you know we, we, we can't give it back now we, we need to keep it it will work people will ask for it and go well, why 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 Nobody, nobody over the weekend mentioned at all. Why isn't every single Premier game on, or League game on the TV live mm. this weekend? Yeah. No one even registered mm. that it wasn't. It was never. It never happened because they said at the start, this this isn't this this, this, this is, is this is per, this isn't permanent. It is while fans can't be there. And the minute fans can be there, it's gone. Yeah. And then it was. And even I thought at the point at that point when they did that, I was like, right, they, they can't go back to it. But even I just didn't think about it because it was like that for 18 months. Whereas it's not been like that for yes. 
Don't Thirty years it's yeah. not been terrestrial. And that's that that's the difference. Is there's there's that there. It's this the, I think the, they're the, lucky in that though, in that there's been a very definite cut off point. Yeah, that there has, and there, there is a difference there, and it, it, it is that. But I just think that there's a you've got to it, it's the whole thing of um I can take it back and use another terrible analogy, but I'm gonna stick with like my analogies because I think they're working. Oh, right. Do you remember the Joss Whedon TV series Firefly? Right. It got cancelled, didn't it? It did. Yes. And why did it get cancelled? Because everyone was streaming it. Because everyone was torrenting it. Yeah. All the fans were torrenting it rather than watching it on TV at the time. And this was before TV on demand. Mm. And was just torrenting it. And so the advertisers were just going, well, there's no fucking point because the viewing figures are so low. Mm. And so it, it, it got shit canned. There were other reasons why it got shit canned. But that has happened to numerous mm. TV shows of that ilk that appeals to that level of people. And let's be honest, PVOD isn't exactly secure, is it? Like, no, it's not. It's, immune it, 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 to that it, it's not. No. Um, and the thing is, they weren't doing it. They, they were doing it because for years, studios have looked at this, that Netflix thing and gone, fucking hell, they have a revenue stream that is that they can borrow against, they can leverage against, that is, we have x amount of 100 millions of users that pay an average sum of six dollars across the globe that is the amount coming in so they can just keep leveraging that debt because that is there and as long as it holds at a steady rate then it doesn't they don't netflix don't even up the prices on a yearly basis they up it every so often and i will guarantee you they up it when they've had two quarters where the the membership hasn't quite gone up as much mm. as they expected or, ha- or has or has leveled out or is not even dipped but leveled a little bit more. There's only so many people, isn't there? Uh, <laughs> but, but but the thing is, there's new yeah. people. Mm. I mean, this I don't know. I mean, this this uh, this is an interesting factor of it that you know if we go day and date and people are saying that cinemas will survive and whatnot. A lot of them won't, you know, like uh, as soon as people get get used to being able to stream slash torrent stuff the day, like the day it is out and be involved in that conversation, you're done. Um, I and I I firmly believe I mean, like, you know, I've obviously been quite fucking despondent about the the state of cinema in, in a lot of these podcasts over the last 18 months. And it's. I do think that people like going to the, the cinema for a big screen experience. And I think it's interesting that um, it looks like IMAX and kind of other premium formats are starting to take a larger market share since like the May reopening. Because like when people do go to the cinema, they want to go and see it in these big, big ways. Um, but if cinemas do start like shutting down and whatnot and that the content is made more for streaming, less money will be spent on that content because they're not making as much money out of the content. Um, And, you know, there is an argument to say, well, could that make for uh, more interesting films at lower budgets and whatnot? And maybe, but also these streamers are going to want stuff that appeals to four quadrants. So all you're going to get is blockbusters done at lower budgets. And, you know, and um, again, the kinds of things that can be memed. 
you know that that's I, I mean honest to god i i think that there are studio executives who now measure a like a green light on meme ability like how much films can puncture the popular culture whether it be through dev patel being thirsted over in the green night um or fucking um like memes being made of midsummer you know it, 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 it i i mean netflix their twitter account is all about that shit you know and it, it's uh yeah i don't know I, I i feel relatively despondent i will say we didn't finish it but lottie we put star wars on for the first time ever in front of her last night she fucking fell asleep she fell asleep during fucking star wars i mean she wasn't I might fall asleep during Star Wars if I try to watch it now. To be fair, it is quite dry for children. Oh my god! But it—I don't know. Like, fair enough then. I'm—I'm I'm obviously in the minority here, but it's like she'll do that, but she will fucking like Roblox will grip her like a fucking vice. She will play Roblox all day long, and like honestly, as I've said before. If streaming is the way of the future, film because becomes less le- relevant to the, the to the, the the generations that are growing up now, and it it I, I it it would be in trouble as a cultural force. I know I that sounds to an extent. It, it turns it into less of an event. It just feels like content. In content. Your yeah. Eyes. That new advert at Cineworld boils my fucking blood the one about the best seat in media or something yeah. rather than the best seat oh, in the yeah. house or the best seat in cinema the best film the best seat in media and it's like you're cheapening your product yourself by referring to it as that you're making think people think of it as like like a commodity rather than a than a treat or an event or you know, do you know what i, I do you know what i find a, a growing a growing thing that i am getting a little bit I'm starting to feel a little bit old manish about. Go on, old man. Um, and it, it, and it, it's starting to it's starting to actively annoy me to the point of where I, I am getting to the point of where I might start slapping people in the face. <laughs> okay. Right. And it's the when I'm talking to somebody, and I'm talking to somebody, face to face, talk to somebody, and they get their phone out. And start looking at their phone. I'm getting to the point where I might just slap them around the face and just go bang, stop it. Yeah. That's... It's the it, the it, and because it's the attention span thing mm. that is that's that starting to make people are losing their attention span. And I I'm not saying I'm not guilty of it. I am guilty of it. So now I am actively now like I I did I've made a point of it now where I will not look at my phone when I'm watching football at all, even at halftime. Will not look at it like that. And um. I'm trying to now, whenever I watch a film at home, and I'm not succeeding sometimes, I'm catching myself sometimes, Mm. I'm trying to go, no, the fucking phone can go there, because I'm doing this for enjoyment. So, no, and I'm trying to get myself out of the habit of constantly fucking looking at this thing, because I'm annoying the fucking, I'm annoying myself with it. Do you know when Mm. when it's difficult, though? Well, when? when you're watching a film and you're not really enjoying it, it's so tempting at it, that point. And it is, it is. But then I'm going, but then I'm going right. But I'm not going to enjoy it. Anymore. What if I miss something? Yeah. Where it, it flips and I start enjoying it and I've missed it because I'm 
because yeah. because I'm I'm looking at something on my phone where I'm going, this isn't important. This isn't important. I'm looking at something that is probably actively making me go. <laughs> <laughs> Can you yeah. Just, like, like a frustrated horse. Yeah, yeah. like a frustrated horse. Yeah. So it's, I, like I say, I, I am just as guilty of it as, as other people, but I am actively now trying to fucking stop myself from doing it. Yeah. But I mean, th- 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 this, this is it. it it's, it, if you wish away this stuff, if you are, if you're, I don't feel com- comfortable going going to the cinema, but you know, I- I'll wait the forty five days. At least it's not ninety anymore. Absolutely, you know, absolutely fair enough. But mm. you will not get. They will not just dump these things day and day. The films that have been held up to this point, they will not just dump them on day and day. They won't, unless like some sort of like big deal has been achieved with a streamer. They won't do it. Like no time to die will not come out day and date. God no. So if you're if if the if the consensus is I don't feel safe going to the cinema, guess what? Bond just gets delayed even fucking further, which means that then you plus forty five days being able to watch it on VOD that gets pushed as well. You yeah. know, like it, 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 you are hurting yourself the, the by thing is, demanding that. Yeah, as it stands at the moment, there is. I think there's an idea by um, by Sony. Um, it's Sony that do Bond, isn't it? Yeah. Dion. Uh, yeah. Uh, I Sony. think it's Universal for this one, but yeah, go on. It's Universal, yeah. Um, by whoever does Bond. Um, I think there's an idea that they release it the last weekend in September because within that that window that they've got, that 45-day window... They can then have a fucking Blu-ray, a 4K, a digital copy, a fucking DVD, a fucking flipper book of it that you will be able to get dad and granddad for fucking Christmas. Mm. Fuck, get dad and granddad. I will have it for Christmas. Thank you very much. But that's it. But but that's it. And and, and that's what they're looking at. They won't want to go, let's go November. And somebody will have thought of that. Somebody Mm. will have have gone because... The original bit was let's release it in November because when can we release the fucking DVD? Just before fucking Father's Day. Yeah. And they, they, you know, whatever you hear, people will say, oh, um, you know, home viewing um, sort of media and stuff like that doesn't uh, doesn't play into these things. With stuff like Bond, it fucking does. Yeah, the, 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 Star Wars and things like that. Yeah, they, they do yeah. absolutely play that into, into the account. Because they're collectibles. Yeah, but, but as well, because Bond, people buy Bond for dad. Mm. You know, it, it, they, they do. It's just, it's, it's a thing. The PVOD numbers on that over Christmas would be insane as well. That's it. You drop that, that is available for premium VOD and available for home video from the fucking week before Christmas, you will get so many people. Yeah. It, it, even if you, even if, sorry, just very quickly, sorry. Even if you said, look, it's premium VOD, it's going to be 15.99, or what is it? And then if you went, bang, Christmas day, it's just 9.99 a day. Mm. 
So do you reckon this will push back things like, you know, like Sky premieres? Things don't seem to come to Sky as quickly anymore. And do you reckon that's because there's the whole PVOD market? It, 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 because the, 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 the way that it used to work is gone. Mm. And the problem mm. is now Sky's whole model was, look, for years, for 25 years, was we'll get the movie, you know, the movie will be at the cinema, and then after in, in a year's time, or it got shortened to nine months' time, mm. it will come to Sky, and you'll get it as a Sky premiere, and it'll be there um, for, you, for you to watch, and it'll run for an entire week, and then it'll continue running three times a week for blah, and then it was on demand, and then two years' time, it was on TV. Well, it doesn't matter now when something's on BBC or ITV. Oh, it's why they only show six movies. It's why tonight, it, the ITV2 will either be showing Casino Royale or Shaun of the Dead or Stealth. It will be showing one of those. So I guess the reason why Sky seems so barren at the moment is that nothing's been, out. Nothing's been coming out no. yeah. months ago. No. Yeah, I guess so. so that, 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 that's why we've got Space Dogs Return to Earth. Or but also it. because they made a big push of going, we're going to have a premiere a fucking day. Every day, a new premiere. And then it was like, there's only so many movies we're going to have to start releasing Space Dogs 3. Nice. Yeah, I, it, it's, I don't know, it, it just, it's a very be careful what you wish for. Um, and Villeneuve is trying to fight the good fight like Nolan was, you know. And, I, I you know, I, I know a lot of people are like, well, they've got a financial interest in this shit as well. But it's like, yeah, but they're, all, they're also obviously fans of cinema because they fucking direct movies. Yeah, it's so, the thing is. The thing is, it's one of those things where I don't, there's an element of, with everybody now, is don't tell me what to do. It's a bit like, they're not telling you what to do. Mm -hmm. They're saying that they didn't get into cinema for you to watch it on a three-inch screen on your phone. Mm. You know, and all these people going, oh, look. Nolan would hate me. Look, I'm watching Dunkirk on my phone. It's like, do you know what? I don't think Chris Nolan gives a shit if you are watching Dunkirk yeah. on your phone. Because apparently it, it, it's the thing of, there was a thing doing around on TikTok where some kid was bragging about his big media room um, that he's got in his house and was going, hey, Amish people, jealous much. And then so many people have commented going, how are they going to see this dickhead? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> and it's a bit like that. It, it, it's there's this. It's the whole thing of. Um, I, I'm going to get on a bit of a high horse now. Uh, uh, the same thing as what's happened with movie criticism that mm. we're in now, where we're now hitting this thing where I'm seeing everybody is obsessed with RT scores. And how fresh it is on Rotten Tomatoes. And you're looking at going, this is because you're hitting that generation that are coming out. Some of them are very good film writers. They are. But that were raised on the age of snark. Mm. Who were raised on the most popular Kermode reviews being the ones where he was shitty about things rather than it actually liking things. Mm. And it's seen as that's how you do it. That's how you review a movie. That's how you get notoriety. That's how you get people reading. Because nobody wants to read a review of somebody who goes, four stars, great movie, and go, yeah, the new Finch movie is fucking four stars. But two stars, it's shit. Oh, well, why do they think it's shit? 
True. It's that or the I'm going to go over a controversial opinion. Just do what? No one gives a shit. If you turn around and you say, this is my controversial opinion, I immediately go, I don't care. Just tell me your opinion. And if I think it's controversial, fine. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I, it, it just, it's, I don't, it. One thing I will say, though, is that there have been a number of people also decrying the fact that um, press screenings are starting to be not available outside London again, or at least studios are not willing to give screener links. Mm-hmm. That I will say I'm on board with. Um, the well, that's, that's just back to how it was, isn't it? We that, wasn't that I, always the case. I, it, it, yes, I, I, am, I am. I am on board with it to a level. However, if there's a lot of the same people. Where if you'd have if there had been no pandemic, none of this had happened, mm. and studios came out and went, we're going to start doing press screeners where it's going to be available online at a certain time, with a certain access code, and you can watch it like that, so that we can broaden the the, the scope of where film critics can live. Mm. You'd have had a lot of London-based film critics going, hang on a minute, no, 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 no. If they want to be a film journalist and they want to be a film reviewer, they need to they need to sacrifice everything and move to London. Because that it was very gatekeepery. Mm. And it was. And it was like you, you couldn't go to these things if you didn't live in London. And some of the people were very happy about this at the time because they lived in London. Mm. And then now it's the sense of, well, I've had it and I don't want it anymore. I don't want to have to go there anymore. There is a, a level of that. So it is, I don't know, I am I am kind of in the middle on that. It's a little bit like if studios are saying, look, you've got to go, we're, we're going back to the way that screens were doing because too many of this was getting, was leaking online. Hmm. Uh, then there is a little bit of, if that's your job and you have to it, go there for it, I, I have little sympathy for it because I have to go to my job. It's yeah. I mean, it, I, I have sympathy for it in terms of for some people over the last year, it's kind of unlocked a career path. Mm, yeah. And now the kind of the gates have been have been shut again. And that and I, I, feels... I can absolutely yeah. agree with that, and I can I can, I can see the, the 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 logic behind that, and I can I can agree with that to a large extent. But I will also also fall back on the fact that there are there are an extremely finite amount of people who are going to be able to make yes. a career out of um out of being a film writer, being a film critic, mm. in the same way as if you want to be an actor and you want to you want to make a career out of acting, unfortunately you're going to have to move to London. You, you just you you just are. You're not going to do it. Be able to do it. You may may be able to do it living in a Manchester, but you can't do it living in. I mean, it's 
you, you can't. Once you've made it, you might get a move back to Sheffield. Mm. But there are, unfortunately, and it is, it, it's not right, but it is the way of the fucking world that there are hubs for these things. And it is wrong that it is all centralised in London. It's why the BBC moved a lot of their things to Manchester, because it was more centralised in the centre of the country. I mean, again, with my whole cinema is dying, the sky is falling. But we, like when I was a projectionist over a decade ago, we used to do press screenings, you know, and you would get local radio and local media attend those screenings. They've dried up and they've obviously gone now. Why? Because film reviews aren't really in local media anymore. You know, like you all these like um, local kind of news websites are pretty much all operated by a central hub um, owned by the Mirror Group, if I remember correctly. Um, And, you know, you you just get like a centralized film reviews probably done by a journalist in London. You know, and it's a lot of it also is now is um, I know that the York press, which isn't from isn't printed and written in York anymore. It's printed and written in Bradford, I believe. But their their film reviewer is they just have somebody who's doing film at the uni and they just rotate every couple of years. Yeah, there you go. And And that's 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 how it is. Uh, The local radio station, it's the same thing. And, and I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, the last thing I, I want to kind of say on this, but yeah, no, absolutely. It's like, it's interesting that the established press, when online screeners came up, it was a lot of my name's all over the screen. I can't see shit, you know, and like these new people were coming in and just excited to have the opportunity to see some shit, yeah. you know, and it, it's, um, yeah, I, I, there, there is a part i mean there's, frankly there's a part of me that's a little bit i couldn't have a fucking career in film criticism because i couldn't uproot to london and make a go of it so you know sorry but at the same time it's the fact that some some of these folks have had a bit of a taste and know if they were actually going to make a proper go of it and be with some sort of established media outlet there is a very, very small amount of open windows there. But I do feel sorry for those people who, for whom the window creaked open a little bit and now it's been slammed shut. But also to any of those, any of those folks who are potentially listening, you would likely be paid fuck all. You would have to live in London. It's probably not the most satisfying. I, I, I think being a film journalist sounds incredibly fucking stressful like in terms of how you actually earn a crust and the amount of fucking freelancing you have to do. It sounds really fucking stressful. And frankly, I'm I, honestly, I'm glad I didn't go into it because I've got a family now and I'm paid well and never mind. <laughs> I, 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 I do remember and. Um... Again, it's because it's the most well-known and most successful film critic that I have had um, actual conversations with. Mm. I remember talking to Kermode about it about a decade ago uh, when we went to see him live um, and got to have a bit of a conversation with him in the bar. And his thing was, the thing that people don't see is the 10, 15 years of watching 
absolute abhorrent crap for six to eight hours a day. I bet. <laughs> having to think of something where you you can't outright come out and say this is shit. He said about the return of Jafar because you've got to review the return of Jafar for the people who are wanting to go and see the return of Jafar. He said, or, you know, he often talks about watching like the Red Shoe Diaries movies and being like, I need to, you know, I need to watch these and you need to kind of review those in the same way as you would review like the latest John Dahl movie. Um, so there is there is there is that it's it's a difficult situation i i I think part of it it, my thing is i'm getting a little bit irked with people having to complaining about having to go back into work when it's like uh, a lot of people have had to go back into work a lot of people have never not had to go into work Mm. so Mm. (laughs) there is a little bit of that i'm I'm a little bit like that it's like you've been able to work in your pants is not my concern no no it does anytime people are um, are like that i'm just like really fucking wow i I mean i'm i am perfectly okay to go into the office i uh, it just they don't want me but I go in. And if your company is saying you can split your time between work at home and the office, or you can work solely from home, or whatever, fine, great. But there are a lot of people who their companies are going, look, it just isn't working having people not in the office. We need that collaboration. We need blah 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 blah. And then yeah. they're just fucking whining about it all over the place. And it's like, right, you took this job to work in that place, you know? Yeah. The world fucking ended last March and things are just gradually getting back to some semblance of normality. But part of that is people going back to work. You can't have all the good bits of getting back to normal, like being able to go to the pub and being able to go out for a fucking meal without expecting that some of the bits that are a bit fucking boring and shit are also going to get back to normal. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the first person that, that actively comes out and says, so good job I went back to work because I was not productive at home, literally. Did it in my pants. Just fucked it off. There's the minimal amount of work I could get away with. I want to find that one person because everybody else says that that I'm those more productive. And I'm thinking, not everyone will be. A lot of people will be. Yeah. A lot of people will be. I would say that 70% of people will be more productive at, at home in that. But not everybody will be. <laughs> it's just it's just people not coming up to my desk and just wanting a bit of a chat. You know what I mean? It's like it's I mean, mean, you guys work in different environments, but it's like I'd be working on something. I'd have a deadline for it. Somebody would come up wanting a bit of a chat. And then if I'm like, I'm actually a bit busy, I need to crack on and just piss them off. And I have to bring the majority of my paperwork home. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I bet. Because I I literally can't do it at work because I can't bother that much. I fucking bet, but it's just like I stick in my earphones, I listen to some music or a podcast, I get on with my day. I have a daily um, huddle with my guys that always stretches beyond the fucking time because you know because it's that mix of work and also just occasionally chatting shit. You know, like I accidentally told uh, said that I was going to jack someone off earlier on. I mean, thankfully, my team are good people, and they just started laughing. <laughs> they but, went, 
Yeah, they, they, they knew. They, they just like, no, this is just to be expected. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, uh, Jesus fucking Christ. That, that lot are fully fucking aware of what I'm like. Um, so even though it's, it's quite funny, we've had, sorry, I will, we will crack on with the show in a minute, but we've had a guy who I um, used to work with in another department start with us um, over the last few weeks. And I think he's been a little bit taken aback by how just fucking blase we are on these calls. And it's like, we get the work done and we on, on, we are a fucking high performing team and I'm genuinely proud of them. But like every now and then it's just some fucking bullshit chat. And it's brilliant. And I miss that aspect of going into the office. But then again, we kind of do do it anyway. But then it's also when I don't want to have the bullshit chat, I could just put myself as busy and crack on. It's the, it, it, for me, it's the best of both worlds. And I, but and I'm, I'm sorry because I feel like I'm rubbing your faces in it. But um, yeah. Um, anyway, people need to stop whining. If you keep on talking about how you want stuff day in day. Basically, that's going to make film less important as a cultural concept. And then you're not you're going to fucking lose your job doing whatever criticism you're doing. And well done you. Yeah. And if you don't go and see Dune at the cinema, you are going to be left with the sanitized, just PG-13 constant comic book and blockbuster movies that you're always complaining about. Yeah. You ain't getting a fucking Dune part two if you don't go out and see Dune part one. And you're not getting, you're not, you're not going to get another big budget Dennis Villeneuve movie because no. if he doesn't crack out a decent profit on this one, not even profit, this one doesn't even need to make a profit. That's the mad thing. Yeah. It just needs to do all right. And guess what? watching it on hbo max i mean like they can't be going like we're gonna get a fuckload of subscribers who aren't already subscribed to the warner brothers streaming service for dune we're really gonna get some new people who aren't already interested in warner brothers movies for dune you know like that film needs i bet warner's after the suicide squad performance over the last couple of weeks i bet they're shitting themselves about dune and how much money they're going to lose on it now and i'm that's heartbreaking but they are you know that film is going to have to do so well internationally to make up for the fact that it'll be free on hbo max yeah it was a bad idea such a dumb decision it was such a dumb decision trailers so i think i've got two i think we've got how many of you got back one two three four four one two three four four yeah four can i just say it is quite nice how many um how often i'm seeing the trailer for cop shop at the cinema yeah Oh, yeah? I haven't it's, seen it once in the bloody cinema yet. Every, really? Yeah, every film we've been to see recently, Cop Shop, the trailer, has been there. And I watched it going, I genuinely didn't, didn't think there was a chance that I'd be seeing this in the cinema. And now I think I might, actually. Oh, that's great. Um, it, might be like a, it might be like a Tuesday night. 
but I think that's a perfect night to go and see Cop Shop. Um, um, you'll you'll be seeing Cop Shop day one, Mark. Don't fucking oh, fuck yeah. bullshit me with this Tuesday night bollocks. Oh, I, I just think that it'll only be showing on a Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> um, so we've got a, a, a couple, haven't we, Lex? Mm-hmm. The Nowhere Inn, which is the St. Vincent movie, isn't it? Yes, I think that looks really interesting. You think it looks very self-indulgent, though. It, it, it looks like what it's trying to do is it's trying to play on a self-indulgence, which to me just makes it more self-indulgent. But you don't know, you might watch it and you might be like, that's actually a really clever kind of mirror to hold up to these kinds of things, like all the fucking documentaries that like people like Taylor Swift make, and it's like, yeah, but are we supposed to really believe that's, that that's that, what she's like in real life? That's fine, but I already know that St. Vincent thinks she's smarter than all those people. I don't need a two-hour mockumentary to fucking tell me about it. No, I think it looks good. So can... I'll watch it, but I just have a <laughs> feeling it's going to make, I'm going to be sat there going, so you're just a dick then? No, but if she's if she's trying to poke at that element of the industry, but I already know that becoming, she thinks she's she, that, that she thinks she's smarter than all of that. I don't think that's what. That that's exactly what I got from that trailer. Okay. But just, I just I just, just don't think I care anymore. I'm trying to just bring joy in the world now. Yeah, you're gonna have to get back onto some arty shit at some point because there's only so many I watched, I watched loads of dumb shit. fucking movies you can watch. No, I'm not, I mean, I'm not, I don't want, I'm, I'm sick of snark. I just want things that are just, that are just trying to, try to bring a little bit of fucking goodness or entertainment in the world and not trying to think that they're better than everything. Yeah, fair enough. You just have to give it a chance. You hate it, you hate it. I will. Um, the Voyeurs. Yeah, this looks quite, quite good, actually. It does look quite fun, actually, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that looks... It's on Amazon Prime, so you'll never be able to find it. No, that's true. <laughs> Who knows when it'll come out? It might already be out. <laughs> might already be out. Amazon Prime don't know. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, it looks it, it, it looks a little bit sleazy fun. It, mm. it looks like a... It, it, it looks a little bit De Palmeray if if De Palma was, you know around now and was 27 <laughs> it's like greetings for now you love a bit of sleaze don't you i do love a bit of sleaze yeah does slap a big old bit of sleaze on me yeah yeah i swim around in the filth nice <laughs> do you want to watch the loft i actually kind of do <laughs> oh fucking hell you need to take her up on that before she changes her mind <laughs> um two more i think maybe the same ones you've got ian okay prisoners of the ghostland Oh, so I've got three then. Okay, yes, Prisoners of the Ghostland. Hell yes. Yeah. So up for this. It just, it's, it, it, it's when you bring that director and that actor together, you kind of go, this is going to be a bit mental, isn't it? And then when you get that trailer, you go, yep, this is going to be a bit mental, isn't it? And yeah, and the fact that one of the pull quotes on the poster and in the actual trailer is from Nick Cage talking about the movie is fucking genius. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, it's it does it looks very fucking Carpenter esque. I am so so fucking here for this period in Nick Cage's career where he's just gone. 
Fuck it. I'm making mental shit. I'm just making whatever the fuck I want. This, right now, the stuff that Nick Cage is making right now is the exact movies that Nick Cage has always wanted to make. Mm, yeah. People think that that because he won an Oscar for leaving Las Vegas, that that he somehow ended up oh, doing these action movies to make a bit of money and then had a tax problem, so that's do all this mental shit. No, 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 no. Cage never had this period you think he had of being, like, serious. Mm. You know, even if you go back and watch Leaving Las Vegas now, he's very cagey. Yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> you know, he never had that, that, that moment. The Rock was the closest moment to just a, a relatively chilled thing. <laughs> even honeymoon in Vegas and it could happen to you were a bit zany. Mm. It's just bonkers, isn't it? What's the other ones you've got here? Uh, so uh, I've got the um, teaser trailer for uh, uh, Paolo Sorrentino's uh, new one, The Hand of God, which uh, I think might be playing Venice or something, but it's due on Netflix in December, I believe. Um, something to do with maradona um and life i don't really know the trailer's a bit vague if i'm honest but it, I, I i like sorrentino so i will watch it um yeah, yeah I, I i i genuinely wasn't even aware of this but yeah sorrentino and maradona yeah 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 because well so, he has the maradona nod in what's the one he did no, I want the great beauty. What's the one we did afterwards? Uh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Youth? Youth, yeah. There's the Maradona yeah. nod in that, isn't there? Because the, the, there's the guy who is at the resort who is clearly supposed to be Maradona. Uh, who was just oh, kicking God, I can't even remember that. Fuck me. Up, up in the air with his just on his left foot, just up in the air constantly. And that was clearly the character who's supposed to be Maradona. Okay, all right. Fucking yeah. hell. All right, I've never even noticed that. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, no, that looks all right. And then uh, the last one is the one that came out in, like, the middle of the night in the US, and I saw people complaining that it was middle of the night and it came out. <laughs> is this Eternals? It is Eternals. Yeah. Um. So, I think this looks better than the last trailer there's still a little bit of standoffishness about some of it and i don't know it almost feels like the humor in the trailer is just a little bit forced like the performances seem quite stilted just in the trailer Mm. um and I, I'm, yeah, I'm intrigued to see how much of that goes to the film. But the teaser trailer was basically Chloe Zhao. She insists that we shoot in real locations and not on a green screen in a car park in Georgia. Look, look, landscapes. Whereas this trailer was, yeah, but it's actually also a Marvel film, which could, you know, could maybe be entertaining, but we'll see how it goes. I'm I'm still a little bit ambivalent, but hey, do you know what? People are saying Shang-Chi absolutely fucking slaps. So what do I know when it comes to Marvel marketing? The new cinema trailer for Shang-Chi looks fucking banging, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, the new cinema trailer for Shang-Chi looks banging. Uh, do you know what doesn't look banging? The Eternals. The Eternals. Yeah, it looks shit. 
uh, it looks boring. When, right? When you release your your first, this is like the first proper trailer, isn't it? We had a proper trailer. That was a teaser trailer, wasn't it? I don't know. So there's this trailer, right? When you have to spend a minute in your trailer explaining why we've not seen these guys before. Yeah. It, cl- it It's like, right, you already know where you've got a problem. Yeah. We we were told not to interfere. Oh, all right then. Oh, oh cool. So you just thought you'd let everyone die. Yeah. <laughs> well done. <laughs> You well, are a bag of wankers, yeah. aren't you? I am gonna, I'm gonna absolutely buy into you fucking pricks as being the new saviors. What's gonna change your mind then? Because these things have come up. So once you've defeated them, you're just gonna go hiding gonna again. Fuck off again, then, yeah. you pricks. Honestly, they should have just made this into a fucking TV show. It looks like a TV show. It does look like a TV show. The production quality is low. No, but the problem. It's a TV show. The, the problem is it's really high. It just looks boring. But it's got that TV show look to it, hasn't it? Because everybody in it looks like they should be in a TV show. Oh, yeah. Wait, what, just... What's his name? The, the guy... Is it Richard Madden? Oh, God, yeah. That wanker. Yeah, he's like the main... He's the main guy in the trailer. The the We Couldn't Afford Sebastian Stan guy. Well, they've already got Sebastian Stan, haven't they? Yeah, I know. They can't have him twice. They've already used stuff. Yeah, but do you know what I mean, though? It should be someone. It shouldn't just be the guy out of the bodyguard off of the BBC. He's the guy from Game of Thrones, though. Was he in Thrones? Yeah. I like him even less now. Yeah, but he died, like, quite early, though, didn't he? He's a guy that died in, like, the Red Wedding. The Red Wedding. Yeah. Yeah. But but also, as well, then Kit Harrington comes on screen and just all of the charisma just disappears out of anything that's near it. Silent Hill Revelations Kit Harrington has got no time for your shit, Mark. (laughs) I I have to genuinely, like, I said to you when we were watching it, didn't I? Is that Kit Harrington or the not Kit Harrington? (laughs) Because there's the other guy in there that looks like properly like him. Yeah. They'd they'd probably be better off getting him. But Chris Abbott? Yeah. No, he's too busy just just being in sleazy <laughs> movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've been just working with every fucking notable director, but just playing an abhorrent sleaze in all of them. Yeah, Christopher Abbott is 100% wanking in a car park right as I speak. Yeah, he is right now. But at the same time, Abel Farah is just trying to call him to be in his next movie. Abel Farah is filming it. <laughs> At least he's a good actor, Kit Harrington. But I'm not sure Chris Abbott is a good actor, though. I just think he's all right. He's an interesting screen presence. Kit Harrington just looks like he's about to burst into tears because his puppy's dying. He's interesting. He's an interesting screen presence in that he looks at you like, I'm gonna make love to you or I'm going to rape you, and I don't (laughs) know which one. I haven't decided yet. Yeah, it depends whether or not you. It depends when you fall asleep in my presence. (laughs) Fucking hell. I'm sure he's a nice guy, though. I don't think he is. Let's see if he's got a wife or or a, or a husband. Sorry, a, a, you know, I don't know. A significant Chris other. Abbott partner. I really hope he doesn't. I really hope he's just got like fucking two cats that he takes everywhere with him. <laughs> what in 2019 he was with Olivia Cook. She disappeared, didn't she? Possibly because she was with Chris Abbott. Well, she was in Sound of Metal. Of course she was, yeah. I, I, I completely forgot about that movie. Probably because it's just 
really fucking forgettable. Under personal life, right? So personal life yeah. on, on Wikipedia. Abbott lives in New York. Abbott considers John Cassavetes to be the model for the type of creative life he would like to emulate. That's nothing personal. <laughs> but, but, do you know what? a shadow, man. Do you know, I like that, that he just appears in, like, movies. And then you don't know anything about him. I, want, I, I would love that to just happen. I don't want him to have a breakthrough. I don't want him to appear. If that fucker appears in a Marvel movie or a DC movie or something like that, I am going to be so disappointed. Like I was when Caleb Landry Jones appeared in one. Little bit disappointed in Ethan Hawke being in a Marvel TV series. Yeah. That that is, yeah. Even though apparently he's playing like the leader of some sort of um, ritualistic cult um, that Oscar Isaac's Moon Knight has to go up against. And I'm a bit like, can that be a Marvel movie? That's Even though you could see it, you could see it jumping to a movie. Yeah, I, I like that. That just sounds fun. Like if if Ethan Hawke is playing the charismatic leader of a doomsday cult, and Oscar Isaac has to go beat him up. I'll, I I will watch Moon Knight. I will listen to you talk about what it's like on WhatsApp. Deal. Right. Let's get into it then. We've been quite, I, I, I feel like we've been quite salty so far. <laughs> we have a little bit. Yeah. So, um, Don't Breathe 2 is directed by Rodo Sayegas and stars <laughs> Stephen Lang, Stephanie Arcilla, Bobby Schofield, Kristen Zagier, Madeline Grace, Rocky Williams and other people. Guess what? Everyone's favourite turkey basting wielder, Stephen Lang, playing Norman Nordstrom, is back. This time, he's got a daughter. How's he got her? Who knows? But then people break into his house again. Bore after this time. <gasps> the daughter. Why? Because one of, of one of the dumbest fucking plot machinations you will maybe ever see. <laughs> Becky. What are your feelings on turkey basters? <laughs> um, we we rewatched Don't Breathe, didn't we? In yeah. In preparation for watching Don't Breathe too, just so that we could like the whiplash that you get from him suddenly being a good guy, so we could understand that better, mm. I think. And honestly, with the exception of the turkey baster part of the plot, like that that one bit. You take that out of that movie, I'm 100% on his fucking side. Like, home invaders that he's trying to kill, yeah, doggo in his fucking house. The girl that he's kept captive, even. I can get behind that. If someone mowed down my daughter and murdered them, and it was some spoiled fucking rich little white girl that got away with it because she was a spoiled rich little white girl, I'd probably imprison her and torture her as well. Wow. It's just the turkey based of it. It's just very distasteful. And it suggests, like, he's all like, oh, you know, you've taken my daughter away from me and I love her, but I want to replace her with a turkey baster baby. So he obviously didn't love her that much then, otherwise she wouldn't be as easily replaceable. So his motivation kind of gets weakened a little bit as well. Like, it's supposed to be that he's devastated about his daughter. I just think he's a bit of a, he's a bit tapped. No, so anyway, so with the exception of the turkey baster bit, I'm 100% on his side in the first movie. But it just ruins it with that. 
And then obviously that ruins it. Oh God! Ruins the being able to side with him. Creates one of the greatest hero characters of all time in Mark's eyes. Well, mm. um, but then Don't Breathe Two. I I really fucking enjoyed Don't Breathe Two. My only one issue that I had with it was that it was a sequel to Don't Breathe, and he's a bad guy who turkey baster rapes people. Like straight up. Like this. If this film was a standalone, uh, like I would be so much more fucking on board. Yeah. You, so you, you much same way, Bex. Yeah, but I, I did really enjoy it as a just batshit fucking crazy genre pick. If yeah, you forget sure. the first one exists, it is a hell of a lot of fun. Brandon Sexton the third is fun in it. Like even even as as like as a kind of just a bad guy and he's really good and then the the bit oh my fucking god the bit where the mother rolls out creaks out of the darkness in the wheelchair <laughs> looking like fucking Cruella de Vil out of the cartoons but come to life it is amazing <laughs> I mean no I mean it's Helena Bonham Carter from Fight Club in the present day <laughs> I think she looks rougher than that. I actually explained it to Mark. You you'll have seen Emperor's New Groove, won't you? Sure, sure. She looks like Isma out of that, but come to life. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I, I just I, I fucking love that bit. That it, as as the light then comes across her face and you see her and she's like, "Give mummy a cuddle." And, oh God, she's so creepy. But yeah, I, I I really really liked it. I just wish it wasn't. I just wish it wasn't a sequel to Don't Breathe. Or Don't Breathe didn't have the turkey burst a bit. Yeah, fair. Okay. Because if, if there was not that bit, and then he'd just taken this girl in, you know, he was torturing that other girl, but she mowed down his daughter, so fucking fine, she's made her bed. Um, but then if he took in this girl from this awful family to try and kind of give her a better life and keep her away from these awful people, that that would have been... They, they just fucked it by putting that in the first movie for me. But yeah. I really, really enjoyed this. Um, no, fair. I mean, fair, fair enough. I respect you. Mark. <laughs> um, God, God. Uh, it, no, it sounded like you were going to start me questioning you by you questioning Becky. Uh, no, I, I, I'm going to raise a point in a second but by, by questioning Becky. <laughs> Mark. Yeah, what's your point? Becky. Right? Remember, guys, we're all spoilers all the time. How excited was I when I realised what was going on with the <laughs> Oh, <all>? fucking <laughs> bet you were. <laughs> Sorry. We were just patting each other in the cinema, weren't we? Like, <laughs> yeah, that was quite good. I was so excited as about that. As soon as they gave her the glass of juice, I was like, oh! <laughs> So anyway, baby, mummy's got this problem with her heart. Mummy's inside to burn that I need a new heart. Yeah. yeah. What? <laughs> and, yeah. It was, I was, yeah, I was, I was like, oh, fair enough. Here's your, because the, the thing is, don't breathe is fairly fun, but fairly generic. Mm. Right? It's mm. fun. It is fun, but it is fairly generic. 
until you get to the wait a minute, there's a fucking girl down there. What the fuck? Wait, I'm not saying there's any problem with it, but uh, and then you get to that, and then you get to the next level of ickiness. Yeah, and I am fine with people not being on board with the ickiness. And I actually don't want to see the ickiness. But that's kind of the point of genre pitch. You don't want to see the ickiness, but you can't take your eyes away from the ickiness. What I did about Dory 2 is it it just fucking just goes, right, how can we have all of these moments? There are, don't know. This isn't a good movie. By any stretch of the imagination, it makes no sense it being a fucking sequel. Also, most of the plot points don't make fucking sense. He just randomly finds this girl. For a start, that's odd to happen to this character. But movie world, fair enough. Then how did fucking methods find her? I... If he keeps her so closely guarded. What was Brandon Sexton the third? And this is a possibility. Was he just hanging around in the ladies' toilet and went, holy fucking shit, that's my kid? Well, no, no, I mean, this, this, was he hanging around in that house just waiting on the off chance that she would go there? Like, why was he in that house when he's obviously set up base elsewhere? Yeah. It's so there's so much of this that doesn't that doesn't make sense. I can't fucking overthink it though. But I don't need to. Oh, I think it. you can. <laughs> Sorry. Because because it's just a stupid genre film. And once you get that out of your head, the fact that it shouldn't be a don't breathe two, it shouldn't be a don't breathe sequel because it makes no sense. It should just be a blind John Whitman film. Yeah, and the yes. only reason was is because Stephen Lang was very good at playing that character. Hmm. Um, he is really good, actually. So yeah, the thing about that that I kind of enjoyed, a it was quite nice seeing Brandon Sexton the third because we've not seen enough of him uh, in recent years. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that essentially I thought at one point, holy fuck, are we getting a talk or origin story? Oh, he looks like talk from Mad Max. He <laughs> so looks like talk from Mad Max. Uh, but I. That would have been a twist to rival the greats. It would have been, and it should have been. And the thing is, I I am not saying it's a good movie. It's really not. But I enjoyed how nasty it was. Yeah. I enjoyed how they didn't even fucking try to hide the fact that it was copying almost verbatim the same beats from the fucking first. The fact that at one point, somebody literally falls onto a glass roof. Yeah. Are you watching going... Why does this need to be here? It's not even an iconic scene from the first one. It's him, isn't it, that falls onto the glass roof? Yeah. I, mean, the ones, it, 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 I get what they're trying to do, going, oh, the tables have been turned on him now. It's like, no, they haven't. Because <laughs> he's still going to go and find him and fuck yeah. him off. Oh, and then the way he finds him, he's a fucking dog just leads him there. <laughs> That's not how dogs work. Go home. Go home. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, man. I mean, like, literally, Kiki is staring at me right now. It's like, Kiki, give me the, give me the bone, give me the bone. She's just looking at me like, what the fuck did you say to me? <laughs> give me the bone, Kiki. Give me the bone. There you are, good girl. You fucking idiot. There you go. Go chase that. Right. So that's the thing. Saying go home, go home, or go home, go. Home. It's not going to do anything. 
Why right. are you making fun of that man's voice? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I even like the fact that, that the girl, the, um, the, the you know, the, the, the girl at the beginning, who was like, who he was selling the plants to and was delivering them and was the oh, kid, yeah. what is it? The fact that, that, that her cap was one of the studio caps. Yeah, you did enjoy that, didn't you? One of the what? So the, the studio... Um... Oh, the name of the studio. Yeah, no, I noticed that as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say my piece now. Well, and then I think we're probably done. This film, like, completes the, the, the Venn diagram as being, like... Very, 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 very nasty in a way that kind of just feels like, look how nasty we're being. Yep. While also being as dumb as a fucking pile of bricks. Yep. It is so, so dumb, but none of it is tongue in cheek. That's if there was any kind of we're trying to be a dark black comedy. I'd maybe be a bit more on board. But the thing is, right, this film is full of reprehensible people. And yeah. I, I read an interview with the co-writer director and he was just like, we wanted to see, we wanted to turn him into an anti-hero basically by having a cast of characters even worse than he is. And all, like my, my reaction is that fucking Alan Partridge meme of just like, yeah. You know, I just... I don't find it particularly fun. Um, it made me feel very old, this film. And I'm glad that you two have got a lease on life because I was just like, I am fucking wasting my life watching this. Um, there was one shot at the start, that one that one shot bit where she's hiding from the house invaders. Mm. And you never get anything that interesting, vis- like in terms of like camera work or direction, ever again in the film. And it looked good. That is all I've got. I mean, that, the girl. Yes, obviously you'd want to leave because even though you think he's your dad, he's a fucking prick to you. Yeah. Um, oh, well done. I get to go out for the first time in months. Brilliant. Um. Her, as soon as she saw that fucking shelter, it was like, right, okay, she's going to be there at the end of the fucking film then. Oh, of course, yeah. You know, it, it, it's like, I, for me, there was fuck all of interest and the stuff where it's trying to get your attention, it's just like, I don't really need to see that. And the thing is, I honestly, I actually think I'm not, I'm just not the audience for this type of film anymore. And I don't necessarily, I'm not going to necessarily say I've matured, like, I don't think I have. Like, Jackass Forever is going to be fucking incredible. Yeah. It's, I, like, I, I'm, it's, I'm just not in that headspace anymore. You know, like, it was my birthday this last weekend, and my birthday increasingly just makes me think of how much of my life have I lived. Like, how far through my life am I? And then here I am on a fucking Tuesday night, basically, like, going out to the cinema Ever so slightly forcing myself. I mean, I'll be honest. If we were, if we weren't covering it for the show, I wouldn't have gone. And I'm, I'm more than happy to cover it for the show because it's the show. But I'm just sitting there, basically thinking about why am I sitting here 
watching this because I'm not getting anything out of it. I'm getting zero out of it. Why am I there? And it's like, but I'm not going to I'm not going to say that you guys are wrong. And I, like Becky, I mean, like, absolutely. This film, if it had not if it had been a separate film where you didn't know the guy's backstory, and it was like, dude adopts daughter because like he's lonely and maybe he didn't do it in the, like maybe he didn't do it in the right way or whatnot but you just work around that in the world of the film and then people try to fucking claim her because they want her heart i could get on board more i could sympathize more here i'm just like obviously the little girl is going to live through the film because like it, you know you can try to turkey base to Jane Levy in the first one, but you're not going to kill a little girl in the second one. You know, you just, you're not. And, and I just, yeah, I, I personally, I thought it was a fucking waste of time. I'm kind of surprised that Sony left it for cinema release, but you know what? I think it's because they're not putting their stuff on PVOD. They're selling their stuff. And I think I think Netflix and Amazon would go, uh, no, thank you. Waste of time. Shit. But what I will say is, <laughs> Don't Breathe 2 has more chance of making money than yeah. Snake Eyes. Uh, yeah. That feels like a segue to me. I take it you guys are definitely not shit. No, I'm Geostorm. Okay. So I, don't, I don't think it's definitely not shit. It is, if you break it down, it's shit. But I had a great time with it. It's not. It's a well-done genre pick. It's a well-done sequel. It's a well-done genre pick, but, you, but it's a sequel, though. That's the problem. And the story's terrible. <laughs> it's just, it had enough moments, and Brandon Sexton Third to make me go, oh! <laughs> I, I, the only bit I, I didn't like is the fact I was thinking... God, have, have the fucking balls to actually take a heart. <laughs> God, yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't have fit. Well, I mean, it would have been too small for the cavity. It just... I, 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 now, you really are fucking overthinking it. I don't think I am. That actually, heart transplant That, that doll's work. heart would definitely not fit in there. I have consulted heart surgery journals on this. The heart's too small. Wow. I mean, that lady's really frail. She's probably only got a little heart anyway. I mean, it's better than a crack fucking adult heart, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, mean, maybe the crack adult body is kind of like... The doctor does cover that and says, you know, it's like, probably won't work. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I was doing it in a basement. (laughs) Oh, I loved it. Yeah, definitely not shit. (laughs) (laughs) Feels great in the summer. Thing is, I will 100% watch this again. I probably just won't watch Don't Breathe before it. Fuck you now. All right, fair enough. Good for, good for you. Thanks. Uh, apparently, <laughs> uh, it is the heart thing is dependent on the um, size of the adult and the size of the child. She's quite a tall kid. Yeah, all right, maybe it would have worked. All right, fine. Definitely not shit. Feel good here of the summer. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! No, I'm, no, shit. That's it, final answer. We're taking that. <laughs> No, shit. Spent my time. <laughs> spent my time trying to uh, like work out what I was doing in my life. Hey, you like my voice, don't you? It's enticing and exotic and sexy. 
Well, unfortunately, I'm just a promo guy being paid to advertise a movie podcast, and I can assure you that its hosts don't sound anywhere near as classy. But don't let my superior vocal talents discourage you and go listen to his film, Her Movie, the podcast where every episode, the hosts must each choose a film to watch and discuss that has a connection to the chosen theme of that week's show. So stop aimlessly scrolling through whatever streaming service you're on and let his film, Her Movie, give you an idea on what to watch next. You can catch it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. CS3P Combat! Player 1, choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player 2, choose your character. While you're in luck. Punter! Round 1, fight! Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast. Featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. But anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. So join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round 2. Fight. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com, also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I'm just, just getting confirmation. It's just in That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? Do you know what film I wasn't watching trying to work out what I was doing in my life? Snake Eyes is directed by Robert Schwanke and stars Henry Golding. Ursula Cabero, Samara Weaving, Andrew Koji, Iko Uwais, and Hakura Abi. Can, can I point something out just very quickly? Right. I didn't know that Iko uh, Uwais was in it, but I, 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 I kind of said to myself, I bet Iko Uwais crops up at some point in this. <laughs> um, and then I had no idea Samara Weaving was in it. Did you? No. I don't know why I didn't, but I had no idea she was in it. And then when she crops up, like, Holy fucking shit, Samara Weaving's in this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, Snake Eyes, which is so far grossed worldwide, $35 million. Um, shit. Um, so, this is a, a G.I. Joe film. Oh, it's Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins. Um, so, Henry Golding plays Snake Eyes, a guy whose dad was killed by bad guys when he was younger he is recruited by an old man to spy uh, to kind of infiltrate a uh yakuza clan uh no are they yakuza they are no it's just like a a, a, a dynasty kind of thing yes yeah. like a yeah um and he befriends uh, yes they are yakuza and he befriends a uh yakuza uh who um is told at one point you've got that look on your face like the shadow of a storm guess what character he's gonna be um i'm making the film sound shit and the thing is i'm gonna start off on this just very quickly Right. 
I really quite enjoyed Snake Eyes. I think it has problems. Um, primarily in the action direction. But I am very, very... very I'm kind of in the tank for a film that early on has a fight scene where Japanese gangsters dressed in various clothes, including your prerequisite one in a leather jacket and sunglasses, is chasing your hero and fucking screaming while doing so. Big fan of that kind of stuff. So I think I've got a predilection for this. So, Mark, I'll turn it to you first. You've been looking forward to Snake Eyes. Yep. Been saying like the marketing for it was capturing you more than Shang-Chi, which it, it also did for me. Yeah. Um, do you think the film was just kind of as like just as exciting and just straight fun as the trailer was kind of making it out to be? Yeah, I do. Actually, I think it, it's. It, at first you think, is it trying to is it trying to make too serious a point out of what essentially is a collection of children's toys come to life. Um, but then it, it, it starts remembering what it is. But it's not like it, it, it switches its pattern completely. It, it just, it naturally goes to this point of where it goes boom. But it's it's also really nice to watch a, a big budget movie that looks really nice and it does look nice. Um, that looks like it's cost a bit of money, that doesn't have aliens falling out of the sky as it's, as it's essentially last big set piece. And that it feels more contained within its own world, that it exists within um, its universe. It's not, you know, the fact that um, they're trying to get the, um, the sun jewel to essentially, um, you know, have some form of world domination that Cobra, that's what they're trying to do. We don't get to see that bit with Snake Eyes. We just get to see it happen in these very specific locations. Um, and I'm I'm kind of, I, I like that, that it's not too far reaching. But it's, it is quite a lot of fun with it. Um, it's, it feels like it's trying to make a movie that the thing is there, there, there isn't an absolute, there are, a, you know, there is a, an audience of GI Joe nerds, but it's not massive. It's not, it's not even as big as the transformer nerds. Mm. It's not, and it's nowhere near as big as like the comic book nerds or, or Star Wars nerds or anything like that. So you can't just pitch your movie to those guys. You've got to pitch it it's to be accessible, other yeah. people. So what they're mm. trying to do is, this is a movie that it's a it's a Saturday morning cartoon of a movie at points, but for a more modern generation of, of kids, and mm. it works. It works within that because if this movie, you know. It, the thing is with this movie it doesn't it, it needs to this movie can be judged as much as its success not its financial success or anything like that. i'm not bothered about that but its success can be judged by when it drops on netflix or whatever how many fucking kids fucking blast fucking through it and how many times they repeat fucking watch that shit and go through with that 
um, and stuff like that. And then we and then we end up with a fucking how how long until there's a snake eyes skin on Fortnite? That is how this film will be judged by its success. Mm. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And bits and bits like that. I, I don't give a shit about that. I just got to see a fun kind of action martial arts movie with Henry Golding and his wandering accent. That at points felt a little bit like his audition for Bond, that he might have failed, but I would still watch him as Bond. What were you about to say, Becky? My issue with it is it isn't enough fun. Like for a, for a film that very much wears on its sleeve, inspired by characters created by Hasbro, it it just isn't fun enough. It takes itself too seriously. I disagree. And you know, if you're looking at it, the cartoons were silly. The movie that we watched not so long back with um, Sienna Miller as Baroness is silly. This isn't silly enough. And it gets fun. Cartoon wasn't silly. Serious. It was a bit silly. But it gets fun when it lets itself be a little bit silly. Like when Scarlet comes into it a bit more, that's when it starts getting fun. But when it's just them two doing tests and the Yakuza man and that that fucking Akiko with her similarly wandering accent. No, hers was just an odd accent. Mm, badly done accent, yeah. When it's all that, which is the majority of the movie, it's just a bit dull for a movie that's based on a bunch of fucking toys. Do you know why? This movie hasn't been made for kids. This movie's mm-hmm. been made for men your age that remember the G.I. Joe toys to take their kids too, and but, the kids will be fucking bored. But I disagree with you, because if I'd have watched that as a fucking 11-year-old, I'd have been fucking loving it. I don't agree. I don't think you would. I would. It, it, it's... I, I don't know. It, it, it's interesting, because the, the Rise of Cobra, I, I didn't get to uh, get back to Retaliation, but the Rise of Cobra is, <laughs> like, just a Saturday morning cartoon. You know, like, that. it, it just... It, it, it is that. Snake Eyes isn't... It's trying to be just a kind of like a modern day action movie. And it's so fucking earnest. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I think if I was, frankly, if I was 12, I would have fucking loved this. I, 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 I'm so sorry, Bex. I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to be a, a contrarian, um, but I fucking would have loved this. Um, it's got enough cool visuals and interesting concepts for fight scenes and whatnot that... I, 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 and also just the whole MacGuffin of the fucking jewel that you basically point it at something and then the thing sets on fire. Like for a twelve-year-old me, that's like that's cool. Um, but yeah, it's I, I like like I said, I mean Henry Golding's accent <coughs> work is really fucking bad. It just felt like they did reshoots and he didn't remember what accent he was supposed to be doing. Um, but it changes from scene to scene, and it's very distracting. Oh. Uh, it, 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 it does. Yeah, no, I'm not saying it doesn't. It's just I, I, I think I was maybe so distracted trying to work out what Akiko's accent was supposed to be. It's not, yeah, it's not what accent is supposed to be. It was just her. That's her normal voice. Is it? Yeah. So where's she from? Then we'll know. What? She's from like East London. Right, it's not a London. Accent. No, but she's just from posh East London. <laughs> I mean, it's an English accent. But it's an English accent, isn't it? But I mean, like yeah. Henry Golding, it's like sometimes it's American, sometimes it, it it's English. 
and it it just kind of depends on what scene you're in um but no i mean it just it's you've got eco uace you barely use him um and it is this mix of serious 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 and anacondas in a pit that will (laughs) eat you if you're not pure of heart (laughs) which which is but it's more goofy than a Saturday morning cartoon because it's just what and especially when you've had the film be so try to be grounded in real all the way through I'll be honest it kind of felt like um, it that 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 Yakuza game series that I unsuccessfully tried to get Mark to play. Well, he, I successfully got him to play it, just not for longer than a couple of hours. Um, but it felt like the kind of shit they pull in that, where it's like there's a serious earnest story, and then suddenly you got to fight some anacondas. Like th- they do that kind of shit in the latest Yakuza. Um. But then also the the action direction is poor. It is cutting constantly. You never get to see anyone really do anything for more than a few seconds. And I I, I was really disappointed by that. But I had fucking fun with this. And also the end credits slapped. The end credits are fucking brilliant. They are great. They're just a they're mental. Yeah, they they and they, they do that kind of editing style early on when they first arrive in Tokyo, and it's like random shots of people like drumming and landscape shots and stuff like cut with him driving through like Shibuya Junction, and it's cool, and you just want more of that kind of energy, and it's not there. And like the way that they cram in the G.I. Joe stuff at the end, it it, it is like, like I'm going to try and fit this in. And I'm assuming that like um, Scarlet G.I. Joe Origins was probably planned to be the next one. Yeah, I'd assume so. It's weird that Samara Weaving is in it, but also really not in it until she's in it. Yeah, she she she. They, de- they definitely planned to have it be that she would be um, the next one in line. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I. So, Mark, you were o- okay with it, yeah? Yeah, I, I I had a great time with it. Nice. Okay. Okay. Bex, not so much. I didn't dislike it, and I really hope they make more of them. I just, they need to get the runtime under control because it was far too it long. It was too long, yeah, I'll agree with you on that. And they need to just make them a little bit more fun. Like, all all the sort of daft, funky kind of weirdness that was in the end credits, that should have been spaced out through the movie. Yeah. And, and I, ju- I just that. wish it was a bit, da- a bit, bit, bit sillier and a bit more fun, and a bit more like it looked like it was going to be in the trailer. Fair but it, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely not shit. Hmm. And like I say, I really do hope they make more, but I hope they kind of just enjoy the process a little bit more than they seem to, and try and make something that's a little bit less 
earnest and morally. But, but, but the G.I. Joe's very earnest. Yeah. Knowing is half the battle. Knowing is half the battle. You know, that, that is what G.I. Joe's kind of about. Okay, good. Have we got a poll? We do have a poll, yes. Uh, definitely not shit, 18%. Touching cloth, 18%. Shit, 55%. And Geostorm, 9%. All over the fucking place. Nice. Right. I know, indeed. What do you think of Snake Eyes? Uh-huh. Right. Mark, Becky, what have you been watching? Ooh. Have you watched anything solo, Bex? I've watched an awful lot of Stranger Things. So no, then. So no. Um, right. What have we watched? Uh, we'll do the ones where we've watched them before, and then we've watched it. We watched National Treasure, didn't we? Because Ian kind of watched it and then made us want to watch it. I mean, we always kind of want to watch National Treasure. Yeah. It was just a good excuse. So we rewatched National Treasure, and it's <laughs> it's a national treasure. It is indeed. Yeah. Uh, what else did we watch? We rewatched The Mummy. I fucking love The Mummy. It is an awful lot of fun. It's been rumours that they're going to make a legacy sequel to it, aren't they, recently? What, like a... Uh, like an origins one no no but just like ignore ignore the, is it maria bella that takes yeah over? ignore that and just carry on with rachel vice and brendan fraser oh, that's just, fucking just, amazing just, just decide that that's not canon and not really fucking part of it there's an easy there's, a, there's an easy way to do that they just have that as one of the books written about them uh, do it like that or go do you remember that movie you made about your adventures and you insisted on starring in it yourself? And you're then he, mad bastard. And then he just goes, yeah, I want a good idea. <laughs> and do something like that. I would love it if they got them two back together to make a mummy movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it, it still holds up as just being an incredibly charismatic and delightful movie. It's so good. And like watching it sort of relatively off the back of watching Jungle Cruise, which is tr- clearly, as we mentioned in the review, trying to kind of recreate the spark that the mummy has and fails spectacularly because the rock is just a sexless lump of flesh. Um, it, it just made it, it made you appreciate it even more, I think. Yeah, we bounced from that, didn't we? Mm. To journey to the centre of the earth. We had a phrase, a mini phrase thon didn't we? We, 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 we had a, a, a double bill of phrase, didn't yeah, we? We did. Um, so yeah, so we watched Journey to the Centre of the Earth. A movie where if you're not watching it in 3D, it's quite distracting how many of the shots <laughs> are made for 3D. <laughs> there is so many shots. And I'll just throw this to you. And something just getting thrown towards <laughs> the screen. You're going, cool. Are things just dropping? Yeah. A yeah. lot, <laughs> like around them for no reason. Um, I, I can forgive it on this one though. But again, it's fun. It's it's fun. There's a great bit in it where they start falling towards the center of the earth, where there's three of them oh, falling, God, yeah, yeah. and they're all screaming, and then all of them stop screaming and look at each other. And then start screaming again. No, no, no. Brendan Fraser goes, 
we're still falling! <laughs> and then they all start screaming. And then it cuts again to that they're just no longer screaming. They're all just looking at each other, just going, when's this going to end? And then Brendan Fraser comes up with the scientific, what is it, for why it will end. And then they all go, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They could just taper off and then it'll become like a water slide. Oh, okay, water slide, that sounds good. And then she's like, yeah, but why would there be loads of stalactites like sticking up, like as like knives? Yeah. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> it's just fucking great. I love it. It the thing about it is, it it's ninety five minutes long. <laughs> mm. So it starts off, gets its shit done. You get to the center of the earth really fucking quickly. Well, quick, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then get out of it. It it. it it never outstays its welcome, this film, and it's an awful lot of fun. Oh, actually, sorry, while I remember, just going back to Snake Eyes for a second, cool. it uses its one swear word really fucking well. I just use its one swear word really yeah. fucking well. Oh, yeah, that was great. Um, was it uh, just going, oh, fuck this? Oh, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, that was great. I yeah. enjoyed that. Uh, what else have we got? We decided to watch... Um, just a really just nice comforting you know warm hug of a movie didn't we becky absolutely yeah just one of those films that you can watch and then drift off happily to sleep yeah you can just go this is this has just brought joy to my life joy yes absolute joy we watched 1996's sleepers (laughs) yeah we did yeah yeah laugh riot laugh riot yeah good old fucking john tucker and brad renfro just getting raped lords by Kevin Bacon. And the thing is, they get out of like the detention centre or whatever you'd call it. Yeah. So you kind of think, oh well, all the all the, the, the boy rape scenes, they're they're done now. We won't have to see that again. And then it keeps having fucking flashbacks. That, that get gradually worse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the the movie's quite controversial in itself, as in it's the book is supposedly based on true stories. Mm. But no one actually knows if this is fucking true or not. Because <laughs> no. there's there's zero record of any of it. Mm. <laughs> it is quite refreshing though to watch a movie about sexual abuse on young boys that features the Catholic Church and it's not the priest. Yeah, that was quite refreshing. That was quite refreshing. Uh, it, it's one of De Niro's more understated performances. He's really good um, at actually. That, but he's really good. At I really kind of noticed it when we were when the scene, you know, when um. As an adult, he's ex- he's explaining to the priest like what what had happened um, to them while they were in there, and it just focuses like a real hard focus on De Niro's face reacting to it. Yeah, and like that could have been a bit kind of you know when you watch it, it's sometimes a bit like cringy. Yeah, like what do you do when a camera's like right in your face and you're just like that? You know, it's just on you. But he's just so good. Yeah, he doesn't. He, he, he the thing about it is he barely moves his face. Mm. There's no like big over the top. Oh my god, reactions. He's not playing to the camera. It, he he hardly actually moves. Yeah. But it works so well. It it, it, it is fixated on his face for a good minute. Yeah, or so. it's a long time. Um, one thing I've never noticed actually. Why is De Niro's jaw off to one side? Uh, from Raging Bull. Raging Bull. Yeah. I thought it might be. Yeah. Um. I never looked that closely at his face before. Yeah, it, it, it's just, it, it's a very competent and very well-made movie. Mm. Um, 
that kind of you got a few of these in sort of like the the, the, the early to mid nineties uh, that were <coughs> very competent movies. Mm. If that makes sense. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it's I can see why it's not considered like a classic because it's very good. But it's not, there are movies that are better than it, is what I would say. And I think it, it's quite uncomfortable viewing as well, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, we watched Nothing to Lose as well, didn't we, as our uh, Disney Star movie of the week. Which you which you pitched to me as, it's like falling down, but funny. Yeah. And there's Tim Robbins. There's Tim Robbins in a comedy <laughs> role. Uh, have you ever seen this, Ian? I think we've bought Ian to sleep. We still got Ian? Yeah. I was on mute. I'm so <laughs> sorry. No, I um no, I don't think I have. Um, so nothing to lose a 1997 movie. Um starring Tim Robbins and uh, Martin Lawrence, mm. where Tim Robbins um is just a a nice enough guy, isn't he? Um, he's not like an uber like Mr. Nice or anything like that but he's just a normal guy who um, sees his wife having an affair don't they? and then gets carjacked at, straight after it when he just starts driving away gets carjacked by Martin Lawrence's character but then essentially kidnaps him uh, <laughs> while he's carjacking him by just driving forward <laughs> and then they end up um concocting a plan to rob his boss uh to rob his boss don't they who was shagging his wife who was stupping his wife yeah yeah uh and it it kind of works from there and it becomes a like a bit of a buddy comedy where um they both start learning off each other yeah uh but it's it's fun but you think it's best i'd already seen it you have i I really really liked it actually like it's a comedy of this type now would just be dumb. Mm. Whereas this is, it's got its dumb bits, but it's nuanced. Mm. And it's also got like that heart to it as well. Like it's got a bit of a kind of planes, trains kind of feel to it. Oh, if this was made now, it would star Kevin Hart and Will Ferrell. Yeah. And it would be a Shit. little bit too silly. Like mm. Get Hard is. Mm. And I like Get Hard. It's a fun movie. But this is, it's a little bit different. There's a little bit yeah. different energy towards it. Nuance has been lost in yeah. comedy. And then finally, Becky. <laughs> Go on. Aww. We watched Midnight in the Switchgrass, didn't we? A movie that for for no reason you were really looking forward to. It just sounded interesting. Nothing to do with the fact it's got machine gun it's only in it for a little bit. I mean, it helps, obviously, but he's, yeah. But he's only in it for a little bit. No, do you know what? I kind of, I want Megan Fox to do something where people go, oh, she's not shit. But then she just keeps proving time and time again that she's kind of shit. And that she should maybe have just been a model or something. She's really bad in this. Yeah. It's really bad. It is Bruce Willis in total fun in it in movies. Oh my god! If Bruce yeah. Willis could have filmed this movie over Zoom, he would have done. I, I I'm not even sure that he didn't yeah. film it over Zoom. He is. He does not give. Literally, his character doesn't give a shit. Doesn't give a shit. Yeah. You know, he plays. So Midnight in the Switchgrass is 
the film, the story of the film. Oh, but the story of the film makes absolutely zero fucking sense. Yeah. Is that um, the, Emile Hirsch's character is a... Small town cop. Small town ranger. Um, and he has found a link to these various murders of young women and disappearances of young women and has traced it back to thinking it's Lucas Haas. Doesn't know it's Lucas Haas, but he's essentially he's tracking. But at the same time, it seems like the FBI agents played by a sat down constantly Bruce Willis and Megan Fox. Um, and then th- th- their worlds collide across that. Yeah, because they're they're tra- tracking um, the like same sex guy. Traffickers, aren't they? Yeah. No, they're not. The sex trafficking thing never comes into it. No, but that that is what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, they they, they think he's a sex trafficker. They're thinking he's kidnapping them to sex traffic them, and he's not. He's just kidnapping them to murder them. No, but some of them are being trafficked. Oh, so that's better. Where, this is where it falls down because he's kidnapping some of them for trafficking, kidnapping some of them opportunistically and murdering them and then sometimes maybe just meeting them online as he is with Megan Fox's character so he has no MO he has no tangible MO yeah so it it just it completely falls down yeah but the problem is everybody is in a different movie yeah (laughs) Emile Hirsch is a completely different movie to everybody else I feel sorry for Emile Hirsch because he's not bad in this he's not bad in this He's the one bright spot. Bruce Willis's character at one point literally says, "I just don't want to be here anymore," <laughs> and you get the feeling that it, it that it's that, the, wasn't, it, scripted. that, that wasn't scripted. <laughs> He's like, "I don't want to be here anymore because I don't I don't like this." Yeah. So I'm gonna go now. And rather than getting up and leaving, it's like the whole crew had to just leave while he sat down and finished whatever it was he was eating at that point. Yeah. Um. Megan Fox thinks she's literally in, like, the most serious movie about sex trafficking that has ever been made. Mm. Um, And in the same scene as Bruce Willis is saying, I don't want to be in a match, she's saying, I'll do this, I'll do it with or without you. And he's like, all right. And then she just leaves. (laughs) Bloody hell. The thing is, I think the people involved in this movie think they're making like a Kiss the Girls type movie, yeah. like a really good, uh, and it, interesting, important thriller. But, but but they're not. But then there's a bit. There's a, and I, I, again, all spoilers all the time. We don't usually spoiler movies, um, like new movies that we're watching um, in um, what we've been watching. But mm. honestly, guys, we've watched this so you don't have to. Um, so eventually Lucas Hass's character does manage to kidnap Megan Fox's character with an alarming amount of ease. Oh, yeah. Um, there. And, but has a chained up in a barn and has, uh, he got the girl they're looking for is also chained up in the same barn, but in a different part of the barn. Now, the girl escapes because she's been in this barn for like days. But then Megan Fox literally just starts shouting and, and she goes, can you hear me? Can you hear me? And the girl's like, yeah. And she goes, you need to get out. You need to get out now. And it's like all of a sudden she's gone, oh, shit. I need to get out. And then gets out really easily. Really easily. But then Lucas Hassi's character's coming out and then just screaming at Megan Fox's character going, where is she? Where is she gone? Where can I find her? It's like, how the fuck 
could she know? You've got to chained up in a barn. I'm not familiar with this locale, Lu- Lucas, so I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. That bit's actually not bad. That bit's quite tense where he follows, because he's not bad in it, really, either. He's not great. Only because Lucas Haas now looks a little bit like this isn't too far away from what he does on a weekend. Yeah. That, <laughs> that bit where she's she's gone to the lady's house and she's hiding in the living room and he's like just refusing to leave that it is a bit creepy that's yeah suitably uncomfortable like he's like really you let someone into your house you are kind of there is like um a con- mutual contract of like civility that if you ask them to leave they will leave but you wouldn't necessarily be able to force them to like and she asks him to leave and he just won't yeah but he's not even like going, no, I'm not leaving. He's going, oh, yeah, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be out in a minute. I'm just going to you know, continue poking my head around your just, house. Just making sure you're all right. Just make sure you're right. Yeah, yeah. It's cold. Can we worry about you? And yeah, it's, this is crap, this movie. There is a scene at the beginning as well. This is the last thing I'll say about it. There's a scene at the beginning where Megan Fox has to get fisticuffs uh, with Machine Kelly, her partner, <laughs> um, which honestly is the worst choreographed somebody getting hit and getting beaten up mm. like someone getting sneak attacked like not expecting her to be able to do all that it's like she looks like she could not do that like she cannot <laughs> handle herself at all he's literally on the floor like on like his hands and knees for a good five or six seconds and you're thinking i mean you could move out of the way i'll get up now yeah, yeah. <laughs> quite easily <laughs> I reckon she had to put her delicate little hands on ice after doing that scene. It was fuck. It, it it's a bad movie. It's a bad movie and I apologise. You should apologise. Ian, what have you been watching? <laughs> you wanted to watch it as well, you fucker. Oh, I, 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 I thought maybe this will be one of those that's actually not too bad. God no. Hmm. Uh. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I've got a few. Um. Close the dogs. The dogs barking for some reason um poor patrol the movie <laughs> so the poor patrol i've got a film and wasn't for me obviously but lossie and her friends enjoyed it um i think it's still got 100 percent on rotten tomatoes which is wild fair enough um but yeah gentle weirdly about essentially one of the pups having post-traumatic stress disorder from his time living rough on the streets of the big city wasn't really expecting that yeah i don't know i watched it like a week and a half ago i barely remember it um sorry tsd yeah there you go pup traumatic stress disorder that's right very good um Watched First Cow, which is one of those films that, you know, people were banging on about. And it was like, yeah, all right. And I watched it. And I liked it. Liked it fine. I think people probably did need to slightly calm down. But I'm I'm not really on Kelly Reichert's speed because her speed is slow. Um, yeah yeah um and once it gets like it 
the, 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 the central duo who are basically milking Toby Jones's cow and then making like delicious cakes to sell while also selling them to Toby Jones and worrying about whether he's going to work out that the cakes are made with his cow's milk because it's the only cow in the area. Um, that's honestly the plot. Um, and the two friends doing it, good chemistry, like them both. Um, it's just, it's it's about two hours long. It's very meditative. And again, even though I give it a four out of five, there is a little bit of what am I doing with my life while watching it. But it's it's quality. But it's just like, I don't really want quality. I want a cheeseburger. You know what that cheeseburger's name is? What? National Treasure Book of Secrets. <laughs> what a fun time this is. What a fun time this is. Um, I really fucking enjoyed Book of Secrets. First time I watched this one. And uh, yeah, this time he has to kidnap the president. Because he needs the president to tell him about a book that only presidents know about. It's which will The President's Book. Yep, called The President's Book, which is needed so that Nicolas Cage can find a, tre- a, 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 a treasure, which I honestly can't remember why, but it will prove that his ancestor wasn't involved in the assassination of Lincoln. Brilliant. Nicolas Cage is so fucking earnest in this. Um, and it just, it's a very, very well-meaning couple of films. Um it's really got its heart on its sleeve and it's all about adventure and doing what's right. And you just get into them. Um, and just the fact as well that Ed Harris's character at the end, and I, you know, I won't, I, you know what, I won't spoil it, but I really, I thought his character's arc was actually really interesting in the way that Cage deals with him. Um, quite actually quite thoughtful. And I, I wasn't expecting that. So, yeah, Book of Secrets, bit of a banger. Um, last one that I have that's not a uh, main review uh, is uh, Brian De Palma's The Bonfire of the Vanities. Um, first time oh, watching right. this one. Yeah. Is it first watch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, 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 primarily, to be honest, because there's this um, uh, there's been this podcast series, which is an adaptation of a tell all book about the Bonfire of the Vanities. Uh, the podcast is called The Plot Thickens, and it does like seasons analysing one film. And it basically um, told the story of The Devil's Candy, which was this book about the bonfire of the vanities. And um, Adam Lowe's um, on, on Twitter and um, like the clo- like good close friend of Noel's um, had been had kind of recommended it on Twitter. I was like, OK, that sounds interesting, but I should really probably watch the film first. And um, yeah, I don't know. It, it was um it was interesting because it was Tom Hanks like really cast against type at the time. Um, and and Bruce Willis almost just kind of, I don't know. It's odd. Kind of there. Like they both got paid five million dollars for this film. But Bruce Willis is a really, really like passive participant through the film. And his biggest moment is this really just when you watch the film, very random opening sequence where it's De Palma doing his one shot thing. 
where it's him basically arriving for some sort of award ceremony and you're you're tracking him like going through this event place and while he's just absolutely fucking wasted um and then after that bruce willis is narrating it but he's barely in it doesn't really have that much of an impact um and it's this uh based on a on, on the book by uh tom wolf and um like really like it was like a big piece of american fiction at the time and um I don't know. It, it, it's interesting. It's just this story of like people basically trying to get leverage over each other to either get something out of a situation or get out of a situation for for the whole thing. And um, I, I I really quite liked it. Like it, it's like looking at um like general reviews of it and whatnot. It was seen as a bit of a dud, but um I I I thought it had some good darkly comedic insights into like how people want to get a, a a leg ahead of others um tom hanks yes against type but good um and yeah i don't know i just i i yeah i really really quite enjoyed it i mean um uh, guys have you have you seen this before i have seen it um a, a, like a long 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 time ago um I remember watching it sort of like the mid nineties um, when I got into De Palma. Yeah. Uh, I remember watching it then, but I think it was it, it wasn't one of the it wasn't one of the more kind of like exciting De Palma movies. <laughs> so it wasn't like um, like Carrie or Scarface or um, Casualties of War mm. or even like I mean like Blowout and things like that. It, it wasn't. It, it wasn't an exciting De Palma movie. It was, it was that other one he made with people in suits. Um, and so I, I kind of I remember watching it, but all I remember is yeah, is, is Tom Hanks is is very different in it to the Tom Hanks comedic character actor that you had at the time. Yeah. Um, with that, um, and yeah, Bruce Willis is not in it a lot. No, really, really not. He's he's really not. It's it's an odd one. Um, it it's almost like 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 a prototype for what he is now. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, but I'm gonna rewatch it very soon. Actually, I'm interested to watch it now, being a lot older. You are well old. I am. Thank you for that. You are welcome nice um yeah but no that's it for me so let's move on to free guy directed by sean levy and starring ryan reynolds jodie comer taika waititi um uh lil rel uh howry and others uh so this stars ryan reynolds as guy a non-player character in a video game world who one day kind of almost breaks out of his programming essentially and um becomes a uh player in in the world essentially and is able to get all the kind of the benefits that the the players um have um while Jodie Comer plays a programmer who is trying to prove that uh Taika Waititi's kind of video game designer um stole her code um and in so doing kind of falls in love with guy weirdly um so becky 
you like your video games. Yes. Would Free City be a video game that you would be particularly interested in playing? Or is the fact that there is a Ryan Reynolds as the dude character in this Fortnite skin? A Fortnite skin is available of him. Would that be enough for you? Or no, thanks. I'll just play Resident Evil. So hang on. So there's a skin of Ryan Reynolds as guy or Ryan Reynolds as dude? Dude. Nice. Does he say catchphrase? Don't know. Good question. Don't know. Um, but, to be fair, I, yes. wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't touch either of them with a barge pole, to be honest. I don't like <laughs> open world stuff like that, where you just kind of bip around doing shit. There has to be a linear story for me. So, yeah, Free City is not really the kind of game I would I would play. And what did you think of the film? Is it is it a film that you would play? play <laughs> um yeah do you know what I, I i really really loved it obviously we saw it as as the secret screening um at Cineworld, and we were absolutely fucking convinced it was going to be free guy yeah. up until the day yeah and then we were like up until the hour before yeah and then we were like oh shit, oh, shit. what if it's that awful benedict cumberbatch fucking shite that's coming out we will have to leave <laughs> um but yeah, on a side note from the film, I was heartened by how busy it was. Oh, it was busy. Yeah. It? it was properly busy. You know, it's not like, you know, fine for people like us to go to something like a secret screening because we're members. It doesn't cost us any more or less, regardless of whether we stay or don't, if it's something shit. But if you paid and you leave because it's not something that you like, that's it. You've lost your money. Yeah. And the fact that, that so many people took a punt on that. I mean... A lot of those people could have been members, but mm. I don't think they all will have been. No. Um, and it was it was an exciting kind of thing, wasn't it? Although you were kind of nervous that it was going to be something awful. Like there was a literal cheer that went up around the room when it came up and it was free guy, wasn't there? Oh, oh, about, wow, really? One guy who literally went, I was out in two days. And then we, we were behind him coming out of the cinema mm. and he was complaining that it wasn't Bond or June. And we're like, I mean, it was never, I, I audibly said right behind him, like, it was never going to be those movies, dickhead. No. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, so so the actual eventiness of it aside, but I think they should do more like that, as long as they've got decent, fairly crowd-pleasery stuff that they can show. Yeah. Um, not The Courier with Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> The most Benedict of Cumberbatch in movies. I I genuinely like it would take a lot to get me to watch a Benedict Cumberbatch movie at this point in my life. If I never see another Benedict Cumberbatch movie in my, so you don't life, want to see the next Doctor Strange movie. I mean, no, not really. I might be done with Marvel <laughs> anyway. I'm not Fair watching two fucking TV series that I'm not interested in before I can go see the next film. Yeah, fair point. Um. Anyway, so free guy. Um. Just really kind of like, you know, there's peril, but it's not like perilly peril. It's quite, like even the mean-spirited bits are kind of kind of sweet. Because like even like the, um, what's his name character? Is it Channing Tatum? Yes. Oh, yeah. Even him, like he's he's like a major douchebag. But then like he just fangirls over Blue Shirt Guy <laughs> um, when he actually gets to meet him. And, and then tries to like hump him and stuff, doesn't he? Which is a bit, you know, a bit weird. But 
um yeah even like even like the bad characters when he actually gets to sit down and kind of talk things through with them he tends to kind of like find the good in them um i thought Lil ray howry was fucking great as his friend he would like yep. pop a scene stealery every scene that he was in um even like even the dude character when that sort of sub trailer kind of featurette thing came out i was like oh god is this going to be it is this going to be where they push it too far and it's just like oh fuck off and it's not it's just fucking hilarious <laughs> yeah yeah, uh, the fact the fact that when he puts the glasses on, it just he, he's running around just grabbing bits of protein shake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um. So, um, Mark, <laughs> did Free Guy make you want to go out there and buy GTA Online and get yourself some fucking sweet rides, or was it just like, yeah, it was a good film? Uh, it didn't make me want to do those things uh, because <laughs> I. Uh, I, I I am very much in the the wheelhouse now of going. I think I might be a little bit too old for games. Wow. Um, you calling me immature? Cause that's all good. No, I'm not. I, I, I am all for people doing that. The problem is, I have got to that point where I have not I have not gamed for too long. Mm. That now, when I pick up a controller and go and start going through and start doing like the you know the 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 fucking the, the tutorial bit i'm like I, I press the what button which button's that why is there an r r7 and l3 what what I, that's a walk why can't i just press this d thing and go forward like you used to <laughs> and I, I have literally got like that now and, and I'm actually quite fine with that. Um, I, I what was it? I tried to play that tennis game, didn't I? That I downloaded. Yeah, but you were never gonna like that. You don't like real life tennis. I don't like real life tennis. But no. Why would you fucking do that? I thought I'll give it a go. And I, what did I say to you, Becky? I'm gonna give this a go. I'm gonna download it. I'm gonna play it for ten minutes. Decide that there's too many buttons, and then delete it. And that's exactly what I did. Nice. Um, but and I had no interest at all in ever playing Fortnite. I downloaded it. I couldn't understand what everyone was having this fuss about. All I did was wander around a field for 35 minutes and I fucking <laughs> deleted it. And I found out that that was the menu screen and you had to get on the little uh, the little um, bus thing that dropped down. And that is how you played the game. Every time the little bus thing got down, I went, I'm not getting killed by those pricks. And I ran away from it. Wow. So, yeah. That's so old. <laughs> so, yeah. Literally, I, I have just decided that I am, I am just, it's not for me. And I'm cool that it's for other people. And I like that, that, it, that it's for other people. And I'm contemplating just getting an old Mega Drive and doing that. Um, and then, but, Free Guy, I am enjoying this current little trend of, uh, I'm going to use the horrible phrase, but media. So you've got TV series, um, music's getting a little bit involved in this. And films where they're just trying to spread a bit of joy. And you're constantly watching them going, when's this going to gut punch me? When's mm. it going to do something that mm. is just, that go, that I go, oh, fucking hell no. We're more on edge watching fucking Ted Lasso than we ever were when we were watching even like Sons of Anarchy. You knew something was going to go. You knew something, yeah. Sons of Anarchy was literally, especially the final season, was like, 
what horrific thing am I about to watch for 45 minutes? Yeah. Whereas Ted Lasso, you, because we're used to that and you're used to things going, oh, this is nice, this is nice, this is nice, this is nice, isn't it? What about this? You're used to that. You watch it going, Nick, this just nice. And Free Guy was a little bit like that. Oh, yeah. When we watched the Christmas episode of that and we there was a bit where he had the call with his son and his ex-wife came on the screen and stuff and then the call finished and we both kind of went, Huh. <laughs> yeah. What? Totally expecting like a new boyfriend to be in the background or something yeah. like that. But it's just, but I'm enjoying this thing of just going, do you know what? Maybe we just need a little bit of a break from all this and a little bit of fun and a little bit of joy. Yeah. And that's what this was. Like you said, there was a bit of peril, but it was never, it was peril that you always knew they were going to get out of. Mm. But there's a lot of jokes going around with it. it, it, it it's being fun mm. with it mm. um and if you're too cynical to get on board with that and to enjoy that fine mm. um then, then that that's cool I, i've seen a lot of people um saying oh but it's just a truman show with games and it's a bit like i mean so because the, the premise is this is the same but beyond that no, no. i don't kind of think it is no it's um and yes, a lot of it is dependent on how much you enjoy Ryan Reynolds' thing. In a similar way as Jungle Cruise is dependent on how much you enjoy The Rock's shtick. Mm. And if you don't get on with the Ryan Reynolds thing, then you're probably not going to get enjoyment out of it. But then why would you go and see a Ryan Reynolds vehicle, vehicle movie? Mm. Just don't. It's fine. There's other things out. Uh, but I had a fucking great time with it. Um, it, it's fun. It's a good premise. Um, I like the fact that the heart of the story is off, is out of the game. Uh, and I like yeah. those bits were quite good. You know that. Um, it's my first introduction to Joe Carey because I don't watch Stranger Things. Oh, and you didn't watch that. Um... And I didn't watch Spree. No. Because I don't watch Stranger Things. Um, but he, I thought he was quite good in it. He was. I, I thought he was quite fun in it. Yeah. Um. Jodie Comer's dual characters were quite fun in it as well. Yeah. I, I even thought Taika Waititi was decent. In it and it, it, well, they were very clever with Taika Waititi by making him, having him in there playing someone who was meant to be a douchebag just made him being a bit douchebaggy acceptable. Yeah. So it was yeah. fine. Yeah, it, it, it was that. I, I don't think that Anwan uh, that is that far away from Taika Waititi as a person. <laughs> I don't even think Taika Waititi thinks that he's that far away from a person. No. Um, but I'm cool with that because it worked within this. Um, oh, I was going to say something. Yeah, I like the fact that um, as well, like what he's doing in the game is affecting people's opinions in the real world. And and like the bits where they were having like little soundbite interviews and it's like, do you know what it just really makes me think about like how many non-player characters I kill when I'm in a game? Like, you know, it's it's not right really. Why why am I taking such joy in killing? Yes, that they're not they're not people, but it's still a bit sick that I enjoy killing them. And then their nice like idyllic city that they've built becomes really popular. Yeah, it, it, it is. It, it was it was it's an interesting way of looking at it, and I quite I quite like that. It mm. seemed to. It's a movie that can wear its heart on its sleeve whilst also being a lot of fun. Mm. And I kind of mm. dig that. See, this is Ernest done right. Maybe. <laughs> what do you think, Ian? 
think I pretty much agree with everything you guys said. To be honest, yeah, I, I, I thought it was I thought it was really good. Um, my first real experience with Jodie Comer, I thought I, I, you know I thought she did really well and good kind of dual roles there. Um, I think they kind of married up the whole. She kind of falls falls for Guy, but also has got the thing going with Joe Keery actually quite well. It's a difficult needle to thread, and I, 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 I thought they did a good job. Um, the Channing Tatum fucking sequence was incredible. Um, just apps, just fucking amazing. Um, that, it was so clever getting Channing Tatum in to do that character. Yeah. Mm. Because of the fact that the the, the sign off dance things are such a big thing in games now, or in particular Fortnite, I assume, mm. that you can get Channing Tatum to just do loads of these weird little fucking I, dance things. Work I really love- well. I love that you call it a sign-off dance where we literally had a WhatsApp conversation at the weekend where I explained what an emote was, and it's that. Is that, is that what it is? Yeah. An emote? An emote. emote. Oh. That dance thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I just had that sign-off dance. Um, Six, two seconds, guys. My mum's just ringing me. She's never really good yeah. She normally messages me, so I'm just going to make sure no one... Yeah, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Um, yeah, and yeah, no, I don't know. I, like you say, very sweet, very good natured, charming, um, looked really good. Um, proper, just fun blockbuster stuff, you know, not world changing, but really, really solid. Yeah, that, that's it. It's, I, I can see why Disney have already gone, fuck it, sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, weirdest criticism i've seen of a movie a long time i saw somebody literally criticizing this movie because it got a sequel because the movie apparently is so anti-franchises and sequels i mean it's not necessarily i i don't know it's interesting i mean the Jodie Comer and Joe Keery's characters are basically saying they just want to create their thing. And it's more when sequels, it's anti-franchises and sequels being done lazily more than anti-franchises. I mean, this film can't be anti-franchise when literally the the items used in the climactic battle are a Captain America shield, uh, Hulk hand and a fucking lightsaber. Yeah, you know, and, like, and, and, and all of that was an awful lot of fun. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't know. It was weird because again, like you say, we're weird criticisms. I heard before this that it was like it was as crass as Space Jam and New Legacy in its um advertising its IP. No, it's not. No, it's not. Like Space Jam. <laughs> Literally, the IP is watching the events of the film. And also, to be fair, it also directly ties into video games these days where shit is so twisted that I have a Superman character in Fortnite who can do the Wakanda salute. (laughs) I I honestly... In the like the prep area before you get on the battle bus in Fortnite, 
I will go around dressed as Superman doing the Wakanda salute because it's just like, I can't believe they got away with this. So that's the field, isn't it? The press um, site is the field, isn't it? The what is? That's the field, isn't it, that I was wandering around in. In Fortnite? Yeah. I mean, there's quite a lot of fields in Fortnite. No, but the, the, like before like the, the battle bus drops down. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's the bit I was wandering around at, and every time the battle bus dropped down, I ran away from it, because I thought someone was going to try and kill me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you are too old for video games. <laughs> I'm, too, I'm too old for Don't Breathe 2. You're too old for video games. Yep. <laughs> 35 minutes I spent on that. I'm going, why do people enjoy this? It's shit. Nothing happens. I fucking love a bit of Fortnite. With lots. It's a good laugh. I didn't get on the menu. Fuck it. Oh, it's great. But it, it, no, I mean, but that's the thing, though. So it's like people are talking about, but that that is video games now. You know, it's Fortnite is just this like boiling cauldron of pop culture. Everything's fucking in it. it like everything's in it now. You know, I mean, I'll be honest. If there was a Ted Lasso skin available in Fortnite, I would buy it. I'm surprised I, there's not. So am I. I want to be Ted Lasso. No, I want to be Roy Kent in Fortnite so bad. <laughs> Roy Kent's really fucking cool, to be fair. Roy, oh, Roy Kent's fucking... He's the best. And I love that... I love that Brett Goldstein, his voice in real life is so fucking different. Like, he's like ASMR levels of, like, soft. <laughs> <laughs> It's great. But yeah, no, um, free guy, definitely not shit. As as solid a four out of five as you'll ever fucking get. Yeah, it, it just it's just really, really fun. Um it, it, it yeah, just really good. Like you say, as solid a four out of five as you'll get. Mm. Uh our audience poll, definitely not shit, seventy-seven percent. Touching cloth, eight percent, and misery bastards, uh fifteen percent. Wow. Okay, so last one on uh, this increasingly mammoth show because we had a good fucking bitch during the news. We've been less salty as we've gone on, though, I think. It has been, uh, yeah. We've we, 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 we cheered the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. So Good good, good choice leaving free guy for, for, the, for the last yeah. of the feature reviews. <laughs> yeah, I think I did well there. And now our retro review is Blade, directed by Stephen Norrington and starring Wesley Snipes, Stephen Dorff, um, Chris Christopherson, Mbushi Wright and Tracy Lords. Um, Blade. I'm going to start. Blade fucking slaps. Um, I forgot how good Blade is. Blade's great. Becky, why is Blade so great? I think a lot of it's how cool Wesley Snipes is as Blade like he's like there was before fucking sparkly vampires vampires were just meant to be kind of fucking cool like these sexy dangerous kind of figures in in like all the films and all the literature and everything they were predators really which Twilight kind of ruined vampires for a bit 
Um, and, and Wesley Snipes plays that. Obviously, he's not like a vampire vampire, but he is. Um, and he just plays that really fucking well. Um, and I, yeah, I think a lot of it hangs on how charismatic he is as Blurred. Mark. Yes. How much do you enjoy the trip hop infused soundtrack? <laughs> it's the thing is, it 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 it, it unfortunately kind of timestamps it mm. a little bit. Mm. It, in the time that you wish or you lived your entire life. Yes. Yes. Um, and the thing is, it, but it timestamps it in the wrong way because it's trying to be like futuristically cool. Um, and it, it 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 becomes kind of like something that has been poked fun at it, where people say, "Oh yeah, but it's so unbelievably naughty." And you're like, oh, "Yeah, it, it is." It was made in rules. Sorry. Sorry what? It fucking rules. Sorry. Just I love it. Yeah, but it, it, it's that. But it's but people assume that it's naughty, and it's not. It's made in mm. 1998. Um, I think the soundtrack worked really well though like it, the frenetic energy of it matches oh, yeah. really well with the energy oh yeah it, it, it does and, and there's the thing is it's intentional mm. it's not it's not what became popular post the matrix where everything had that kind of soundtrack yeah. that became the naughtiest thing it is influenced by this mm. um, and it works for this really really well mm. because it's not all it, it's not all just up songs and bits like that it's a the score is like that yeah um it is it's it's a good bridge between what we started getting with the um x-men movies a couple of years later and um the batman movies that had started to you know dip in 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 popularity you know what was it was, was it 97 that batman and robin came out i think it might have been well I, I had 96 in my head but i think you might be right yeah you know, you know you've got to the ridiculousness of the bat card and things <laughs> like that and it had gotten like that so that's what comic book movies were they, they, uh, they were very very close to the you know the the adam, the west. adam west batman yeah. TV series, they got onto that, mm. and then Blade came out, and it was really fucking violent. Yeah, and it had a controversial porn star in it. Uh, you know, and you know Wesley Snipes was a big star still at this point, and it was, and Stephen Dorff was still popular. relevant. Yeah, relevant. Yeah, you know it, it, he was. <laughs> he hadn't become just essentially the night is james dean that forgot to die um i i really like stephen dorff i think he's a great fucking screen presence he's just he's a bit of a dick his whole thing here and that his blonde girlfriend they're almost kind of like heroin chic thing yeah it is just like Man, like if you could get addicted to heroin and and just like work normally in society and look as cool as that. Yeah, I, I, I like the fact that he kind of he almost wants like he, he doesn't just want Blade 
for to become the blood god. He kind of almost wants him. If it, that that he works out that's that, but you get the feeling like he almost wanted him beforehand because he was like, look, if even if he hadn't found the blood god thing, he had to work that out. He still wanted Blade as like his right hand man because he's like, right, look, I've got Donald Logue as my right hand man, Blade, and he's shit. And do you know why he's shit? Because you keep cutting his face off and his arms off. So why don't you come and join me and it'll be fucking cool. I'll have Blade as like my right-hand man and it'll be fucking, it'll be mint. We'll be great together. You know, me and you, me and you, Deacon and Blade, D and the B. It'll be fucking great. And Blade's like... Did you say D and the B? Yeah. 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 <laughs> what? That just, that just sounds like you mean from L. Just saying. <laughs> that's what it'll be. It, it, but, yeah, I mean... Sorry, Mark, go on. But, but also as well, it, it's... This, this movie is how we ended up with, you know, with things like, with the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. It's how we ended up with um, the, 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 the Nolan Batman trilogy. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's forgotten how important a, a player within all of this, especially within the DC bits, mm. but he started in Marvel, that David S. Goya is within it all. Mm. Because he directed Blade Trinity and it's the it's the one that gets mocked. I fucking love Blade Trinity. Love Blade it's Trinity. a lot of fun. Um and because, you know, some of his his other work hasn't been great, mm. it, it's easily forgotten that he was like the go-to guy that a lot of um filmmakers started going to and going right you know how uh, you know about all this shit don't you can you make sure that we're getting the comic book elements right Mm. um and that was it and as well it was an r-rated movie with a lot of fucking blood like honestly i think blade might be the if you put a gun to my head and said i could only watch one film again for the rest of my life it might be blade really fucking you so you you fucking love this movie then like seriously i did not remember how fucking much i fucking love blade like the the opening sequence the whole bloodbath thing and that just that idea of like having a fucking rave with like vampire rave and they've like all blood and just fucking cheering the blood and do, do, do you know what, what I actually turned around to Becky and said though during that se- sequence? It's like, so they made like a change of clothes. Oh God, and then they got like showers and stuff for after this. Because you can't like go to this and then just like go home just covered in, you know, sacrificial blood. Why not? <laughs> Vampires. But no, I like I, it and the I re- in Bushy Wright, I really like her as well. Like I like that there's never a real like love interest thing there. It's just he helps her out, and then she tries to help him, and there's a bit of friction there. But it, you know, it, it's more she's there to try and kind of like yeah, like I say, help him out, develop that serum and whatnot. You know, um, Stephen Dorff, a fucking great bad guy. Don't all know, fantastic fucking dickhead sidekick villain. Like fantastic dickhead for sidekick villain. Um, yes, the CG is not great. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, you've also just that one fucking shot where Blade p- 
pumps those two with the the stuff and then it goes a bit they go a bit total recall and there's just that shot of him walking away as the fuck their fucking heads explode and blood just sprays everywhere (laughs) it fucking rules and you know and at the end yes all right the fight with deacon is surprisingly easy like it's almost like the end of a video game where it's like the boss fight right at the end is like just a cup it's just a quick time event you know yeah, there's it, there, it is, it's like a it's a button bash where you've got to press x square and try and got the right time and then you killed it yeah exactly but you've also got some motherfuckers always be skate trying to skate up oh fuck i fucked up the line but what is it like some motherfuckers always be trying to skate up uh i skate uphill something like that yeah it's so which is just great and it sounds cool and you're trying to work out what the fuck does that actually mean <laughs> and then <laughs> and then it's just like oh okay some people are like just trying to like aim for something that they're never going to be able to fucking do. All right, then that's a cool way of saying it. And then Steven Dorf blows up. But you've also got Udo Kier in there. Yeah. Being, being very Udo Kiery. <laughs> and um, and his, his death is fucking wow. We, yeah. But, but also as well, it, it, it's the, the simplicity where Blade turns up and, Deacon's just shot, stood there with the kid and he's like, he looks, he was like, ah, some lock. And it's like, why the fuck haven't any of them thought of that? <laughs> I, it's so easy. I also like the way that, actually a question for you in a second, Mark, the way that he throws that kid. And it's not like Blade saves the kid from the throw. That kid fought, like basically gets knocked the fuck out. <laughs> and then, did you think, Mark, that kid, it was just like, let her die. She's taking far too long to realise that she's in the middle of the road and a truck's coming. <laughs> there was a little bit of that, yeah. There was a little bit like, like there's bigger things afoot here, Blade. Mm. <laughs> Honestly, Blade, for what it is, perfect film. I, 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 I will admit, it's one of those where I thought I'd seen Blade enough. Mm. Mm. Like, I thought... I, I've seen Blade, I've seen it a lot of times, I never need to see it again. Whereas I'm glad I rewatched it, because I was like, the, the minute it started, I was like, do you know what, alright, yeah, I'm alright with this, this is going to be a fun two hours. Yeah, yeah, I think you forget when you've seen it a lot of times, how much fun it actually is. Yeah, the bit where he throws her out the window across the what is it? Oh, that's great. It's great, yeah. it's brilliant, it's just like, Mm. It's, the, it's the way he thinks about it as well I was like uh, can I do this, ah fuck it why not but then it also spoke when he goes back to Chris Christopherson um, and he's like you brought her back and he's like yeah and Chris Christopherson just gives him this look and then he just goes I know <laughs> it just there's that bit where that familiar cop he's like he's kind of almost like torturing him out in the fucking middle of the street which is amazing um <laughs> But he's just like something about like shoving the gun up his ass. And it's like the Mahershala Ali passing to directed Blade is a film I'm really looking forward to watching. Yeah. It is not going to be nearly as fucking cool as Blade fucking threatening to shove his uh, shove a gun up a cop's ass. No, like it, it, it's not. It's going to be a lot more about the deep 
fucking anguish that Blade has. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to be about the fucking like mythology of the vampires and how that's somehow connected to the MCU. Yeah. And I that particular aspect of Blade I'm fucking dreading because it's like can't it just be vampires? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, yeah. I yeah, I'm planning on watching Blade 2 and Blade Trinity very very soon. Um I want more Blade. But just as a pre-Matrix, pre-comic book boon, like action, like late nineties action film, it absolutely fucking slaps. It a great fucking film. Yeah, and, and I, I like I, what I always like about the fact that this movie is it came out of nowhere. Mm. It was it was like mid-budget. It was sniped at the start. He was still a big star. But it was the start of the down for yeah. him uh, there. And it, it, you could argue the same thing. Like people, have, you know, it was possibly the, the peak of Stephen Dorff. But at the just as he was starting to become less relevant. And, and we were losing the, the fight for these seven movies was being lost to uh, because CG was so expensive. Mm. It had CG based movies had to be four quadrant movies, so that's 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 what happened. That was what was decreed and decided. So it, it was it's a movie that happened at a specific time uh, that had to happen like that, and we didn't really get another one until Deadpool. Mm. Mm. Uh, but it was a massive success. I mean, it wasn't like a Deadpool success in terms of what is it, but it was never going to be. Movies didn't make a billion dollars back then. But it was a huge, it was a huge success. I remember um, Virgin uh, Megastar like running out of copies of it the day it came out on DVD. <laughs> nice. You know, I, I remember, I remember getting my copy of it. And going in and getting that off this big fucking standee, and there were like four left, and it wasn't like there was only like six copies of it. There was shitloads, mm. and it was like the date came out and it sold the fuck out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely not shit. Sorry. Definitely not shit. Yeah. Um, our audience poll: ninety-four <laughs> percent. Definitely not shit. But six yes. percent touching cloth. Nice. All right, I'll take that. Uh, we actually don't have any questions this week. I need to pee again because I'm an old man. So, what we covering next week, Ian? Right. What? Okay. So uh, maybe a little bit of production meeting here. What are you guys going to be able to get to? And Mark's got a fucking horrific sounding work week next week. It's not gonna be a nice one, though. <laughs> I actually don't even know what my work week looks like next week. I am I am travelling down to uh, Portsmouth where I'm helping out covering at a Portsmouth store. The entire week that I found out today is uh, at a marina. Um, I'm facing what are you out scared towards of, the marina. What are you scared I'm of? terrified of boats, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, so it's my living nightmare. <laughs> is Just... the store on a boat? No, oh thank God, Christ. Because I would, I would not do well with that. I wouldn't do it. I is it on that. water then? No, it, it, it's uh, it, like literally. It's next to it though, Ian, with a really good view of the boats. Yeah, it's at oh, a harbour. Shit. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, so we're gonna try and we're gonna try and get to this weekend, aren't we? We're gonna try and get to covering like eighty different movies next week. You know, what movies are we trying to get to this weekend? Though? Lighthouse and Reminiscence. Lighthouse and Reminiscence. 
Okay, cool. So you guys will do the Nighthouse and Reminiscence. Um, Sensor, I kind of get the sense, might only be wide for a week or so. It's so I might just it was anywhere. So fuck it. All right, I'll just cover that in what we watch then. Um, so we've got them. Uh, we're gonna do Breaking Dawn. Um, we'll do and we'll do the whatever wins the poll. Yeah. That's the show. Cool. And, yeah. Is, is Pig out this week or is that? Next week? Um. Yeah, it is, but I don't know where. You, uh. Yeah, I suppose we could probably get to it, couldn't we? Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. So we'll, we'll try and do pig as well. There is a view at the place that I'm at. Nice. Right. Again, I'm ever so sorry, but I am going to piss myself. So patreon.com forward slash film bastards. Uh, we are podsyndicate.com. There's lots of great shows that we are podsyndicate.com. And I love every single one of the participants in their shows. Thank you very much, Becky. Thank you very much, Ian. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you very much, Ian. And I'll try to be less of a salty bitch next time. Folks, if, <laughs> if you don't Speech want to go well. to the cinema, that's absolutely fine. But please don't have a go at people who want to go to the cinema. Night-night. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.